Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the MidMax Show podcast in person, in studio, live and living, as we like to say. Hello, I'm Ben Hansen. Thanks for being here. MidMax is a place about getting friends getting better. I'm joined by Leo Vader. In the stew. In the brew stew. We have Sarah Podzorski. Barely hanging on. That's right. <laughs> and why do you say that? You had us, you dragged us all over Minneapolis dragged. yesterday dragged. from like 4, 4 p.m. to 11 p.m., which doesn't seem like a long time, but when, right. you're, when you're being, it's like we saw the greatest hits in Minneapolis between 4 p.m. and 11 p.m. That is a luxury. You had an all-expense trip paid through the heights of Minneapolis. Everything great about the city. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it was lovely. And we're also joined by our very special guest, Janet Garcia! All the way from Los Angeles. Hell yeah, in the studio. The weird thing, Leo, I don't know if you can wrap your mind around it. Jan's like a three-dimensional person in more ways than one. Like, you get to see, like, all parts. It's like seeing a sculpture come to life, you know? Yeah, it's really something. Is it as scary as that sounds? No, I think it's kind of cool. It's weird. Are you used to seeing us? (laughs) Um... Yes and no. I think I've gotten used to, like, the shock of seeing people step outside the squares of Discord. So it felt like really chill and i think it was helpful that we just immediately got to go into hanging out i think a lot of times when i like have gone places for things in person it's like hey what's up nice to meet you either for the first time or in person we're gonna work for like a couple hours and then it's like okay we're immediately like getting to work but i think coming through and then us hanging out walking drinking eating i'm like oh yeah it feels like really chill uh, Sarah said it felt like work to walk around Minneapolis. I did. I did not say it felt like work. It just felt like you know when you go on like a school trip and they're right. like, "Get out of the bus, look at it, get back in the bus." Well, I've been saying that bus. Best, yeah. as you'll see on our Instagram, like Ben, ha- which is good. It's good content, you know. And I'm glad I don't have to record it. But Ben yeah. has like that dad on vacation energy. The phone will just like, come out. Like, you know, what well, do you think? me and Sarah are like the sisters of the group, and it's like, take a picture together. You know, you're going to want these memories. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so Dad, you're embarrassing us. We're recording, like, yeah, we're recording like a travelogue, and we're going to cut together probably early next week. It'll be on MinMax's YouTube channel showing off the, the great trip with Janet here in Minneapolis and all that stuff. But it's like, you know, we should share the experience with the people who are paying for it, who are the mm-hmm. Patreon supporters. So it's like, the more we can include them, the better off we'll be and all that fun stuff. So... It, to call the travelogue, I don't know. It's going to be a lot of just... Leo, you remember the GDC travelogue, right? Yeah. Where it's more like slice of life compared to like, and this is the spoon and cherry in Minneapolis. So it's going to be a little raw and confusing for folks. But I think that's what people want, right? They call them <laughs> stories now. Instagram stories. Is it's that basically right? that. I'll be damned. Yeah. Uh, so we're filming a lot. We have a lot more to film, a lot more adventures uh, to go on. Um, the reason Janet's here is because everybody supporting us, which is amazing. And specifically the reason she's here is people thought, wouldn't it be funny to fly Janet all the way to Minneapolis, Minnesota from L.A. just so that she can play Shrek 2 on the Nintendo GameCube? And so that's what we're going to be doing tonight. This is the Trek to Shrek. If you remember us screaming about that goal on the podcast a while ago and you're confused about what we were talking about, this is it. Uh, So let's see. Thursday at 6 p.m. Central. If you're watching this or listening to this early, we're going to be streaming Shrek on Twitch. So give us a follow at Minmax Show on Twitch. All that fun stuff. Do you say at Minmax Show? Twitch.tv slash Minmax Show yeah. would be the way to go. Sure. Um, but then also the archive will be up on YouTube. So yeah, we're going to play Shrek 2, which Sarah insists is a good game. It is a very fun game. Okay. okay. It's a very fun couch co-op multiplayer game. Everybody gets a different character. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize it was multiplayer. Yep. Oh, really? Oh, no. Buckle in, Oh, Janet. man. We're going to be those characters. It's going to be I sweet. watched Shrek 1 and 2 
in preparation for and wow. one in just big and one in, I thought Shrek one still hot fire. If you haven't watched Shrek one in a while, watch it. I promise it's even funnier than you remember, wow. and you do remember it being funny. Shrek two, honestly, like I've gone back and forth. Like there have been times where I'm like, this is kind of low key underrated, and it is a good movie. But it's definitely not nearly as good as Shrek 1. Uh-huh. Also, now that I'm like almost 30, I'm like, Shrek's kind of a jerk in Shrek 2. Like, mm. he's got a lot of, like, a lot of the toxicity comes out in Shrek mm. 2. And, that's and because, I was like, this yeah. man's trash. Well, like, like Shrek 1, he gets everything that he wants and there's nowhere to, for him to go in life. Well, in Shrek 1, he starts out as toxic, right? Right. He starts off as, like, you know, withdrawn toxic and, like, crotchety. Yeah. And then he goes on this adventure and you know some character development happens. Right, he I finds recall. true love. Spoilers. Right. Hallelujah plays. I yeah. recall the hits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shrek two was not as funny as I remembered watching it in the last year, but I did get genuinely emotional at the end of it. Mm. Really? Yeah. Because of the little dragon babies, or is that in the first? Because of the song that's they play at the end. The first. Live in the Vito Loca. The music. I like the music in Shrek two. Like Shrek was my exposure to a lot of music i'm gonna say like yeah. older music so like shrek and shrek 2 were like that's how i learned a lot of songs i love that uh, chasing crows song that they, they play in shrek 2 mm. this is pretty good um so yeah sarah or janet's here for a bunch of content we'll be pumping it out it's gonna be sweet um the travelogue we're filming the highlights all that fun stuff um leo if i may take you into a journey of something that happened yesterday that take was me not, into a journey i'm gonna take you into a journey i'm scared uh, where we got in the car because I was filming a lot of stuff and I, we got in my car outside of like the Walker Sculpture Garden and stuff Yeah, and I said alright Sarah you're you on did not say that I, also, I said Sarah you're First on filming not. duty because we're going to go to the lakes and so you're in the back seat so you should film what us exploring the lakes driving. absolutely said here we go you're on filming duty Sarah here we go we then whip a Yui and then we hear sirens like that's weird as one does then there is a wild police chase with the cars flying past us. Okay. Like a guy up on the curb coming around He's us. on two wheels doing the turn that we just turned. <laughs> there has been some dramatization of this story, but that is true. That is what generally happens. And like, I got to look in the eyes of a driver being chased by the police. Wow. And calm as can be. It yeah. scared me how relaxed and chill this and guy was. And he was in the zone. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was in the auto zone zone. Right. And then they flew past him and said, Sarah, did you get that on tape? And uh, she was... I've I think she was checking to, Instagram. I've been trying to find it in the news. Yeah, Sarah, who was, we saw, who was and told I still can't to record the it. lakes, did not record <laughs> this wild car chase. You gotta happened. be ready to go! Anything can happen in this town. It's wild! <laughs> yeah. We're not TMZ, and Ben reminds us that every single day. Yeah. He's like... <laughs> not yet. I no, definitely understand it. being uh, caught off guard and not <laughs> fully processing every possible mm-hmm. Especially because it make. was... That was content! It was at a higher <laughs> speed than, like the legal speed limit for sure like you could tell they were right. what was going on but it wasn't immediately completely apparent mm-hmm. especially because it's like okay well the car police car oh no they're not stopping and then that's when it really clicks that mm-hmm. like you're, you're waiting that's cool. this is a whole thing i was in wisconsin yesterday and i saw a parked police suv that said on the side of it military police oh interesting oh. and did they seem different i don't know it was empty but it's like all 911, you know? It's a 911 uh, thing. Right, right, right. Over there. Weird. Yeah, it feels like something that should be in like infamous Second Son, uh, yeah. some experience like that. Hey, good times. 80s action movie. That's right. Um, Janet, it's so lovely to have you here. It's so lovely to have everybody in person. Um, I feel bad for like making the transition into talking about games. But should we? Should we? Sure. Should we talk not. about that? Let's just not. What do, do you we think that's cool? I don't. Do people no. still like that? 
I don't know. We could get a poll rolling. This trip might be the longest I haven't played games in a while. Actually, no, Shrek 2, we're oh. playing it tonight, so. It's only so been like a day, Janet. I play a lot of <laughs> games a lot of the time. Yeah, you are a machine. We were talking about it. I think it was on air, behind your back. We slightly. talk about it a lot. Yeah. I, I talked about it with multiple people about Janet's. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's like the one conversation we have. Yeah. Above and beyond. Yeah. You just have like a really comfy yeah. couch. How are you playing all these games? What's the secret? It's a solid couch. Sometimes okay. I have to add two pillows in the back to like sit up more. Sometimes mm. I sit and like, I still have one of those like butterfly dorm chairs that I bust out sometimes because mm. it's secretly insanely secret. comfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, If I'm feeling really like unhinged, I'll stand in front of my TV like it's, you know, the 2000s and I'm looking at my like CRT on uh, the top of a wardrobe, but what? I don't do that too often. What? Like, um, is that just like if you need a boost of energy as you're on well, your... Well, after a while, you get stiff, you know? Like, yeah. you gotta, you gotta like, get up and move around a little bit. Um, sure. But yeah, no, I just I just go, and then I stop when it's done. <laughs> as unbelievable, which leads us to a point that you finished Saints Row, mm-hmm. right? That is wow, wildly impressive. Uh, I mean, how much time did you take in it? I think it, it honestly wasn't as long as it seems like it might be. It felt longer than it was. I think it was only... <laughs> maybe 15 to 20 high like tens at like fastest really i did keep track of it like on i'm using like the pomodoro timers and i kept track of it there but then i kind of lost track at a certain point and i think the math shook out to like 10 to 15 hours but it's probably like somewhere that 15 to 20 depending okay i'm like i played about three hours of the new saints row uh sarah you're allergic to saints row Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, Leo, have you been playing it too? Like eight to ten hours maybe? Oh, really? Okay. Um, how were you feeling going into it, Leo? I was really excited for it. It felt like the right time to get back to that era of slightly B-tier open world uh, yeah. game. And then you played ten hours of it? And what do you think? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I really... I was genuinely excited. I didn't... I, I don't feel like I'll take much joy in the dumping on it that's probably about to happen. Why is that? (laughs) I don't know. I guess because we just interviewed the developers and that always gives you a little bit of a, oh yeah, real people worked on this and uh, they've had fun with it. There's love in it, certainly. You can see that. But what did you think of it? It's pretty, it's not tickling the dopamine receptors. When I boot it up, I feel like I'm being tricked into upping the passive income portion of the game rather than like i'm actually excited to do these activities like passive income stuff like that is great when what you're doing to increase it is fun in itself and it's just playing off each other but it's a lot of uh chores a lot of steal this vehicle and drive it back to your base which wasn't even fun back in the heyday of saints row and certainly is not enough now yeah it's it's a weird one where the reviews hit and everyone was running around on fire on the internet it's bad it's bad everybody moving on it's bad it's like i feel like i need to recalibrate where i'm at i think i was thinking about this like maybe it's a weird disconnect between like metacritic and then also like where we come from a game informer like the game informer review scores where it's like seven is average where it's like i played yeah three hours of saints row and i was like "Eh, it seems fine at the core it's like i my takeaway was this is not going to impress anybody yeah i don't think and who it's for i guess is if you want kind of a b-tier level open world crime game that would have been a pretty good game back in like 2015. If you're nostalgic for like that era, but then also you're not precious about dildo bats not being in the game or whatever, you know, it's like, it's a weird sliver that maybe they can still hit. Um, But Janet, as somebody who played it and finished this sucker, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I went into it um, 
kind of neutral. Like I hadn't played Saints Row before and I kind of only mm. know it as GTA clone. It's like GTA, but not as good. Or right. on the positive end, it's like GTA, but with its own like wacky twist. I feel like it's kind of how people discuss the franchise. And I went into it like, okay, let's see what it's about. And it was funny because even before I went into it, I'm like getting like light spoilers just from like you guys, people are kind of funny who are like, oh yeah, like I started playing it. And I'm like, no "No spoilers that it's bad. Like I told, like even from talking to you, like I could tell you weren't hot on it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go in anyway. And I'm like, you know what? It's not good, but I'm having fun. Like I started out really enjoying my time with like the character customization I think is really really strong again you can debate on if you like how it looks but I think the amount of details I have I completely was able to make myself which is scary very uncanny valley character it's also (laughs) what I made they have like six different character voices I know it's Mm -hmm. a Saints Row tape and all that stuff but still like for this day and age to like have six protagonist options like that is so much and you can change all of that at any time too so like I thought that was really cool. Um, I'm a big fan of shopping in games. I'm like out there. I'm like, I'm getting the face paint. I'm wearing dumb boots. I'm hanging out. I'm playing, hitting the radio stations. They have like a banda music station that I was listening to a bunch. So I was like pretty in on it, even though it wasn't like, you know, amazing or anything. And it's one of those things where like, obviously, you know, people always ask about, oh, it doesn't have to be amazing to be fun. Like I still am having fun. Like you can have, uh, anyone can have fun with whatever. Like I'm not here to police that for people for me my experience was that it's basic but i'm having fun right and then it did shift to like oh this game's breaking me because it is so buggy and also there's a lot of design choices that i think impede the bit of enjoyment that i was having Mm. so by that mid to end point it really was a struggle just to get through it because the the repetition did start to wear on the things became frustrating weird design stuff weird bug stuff trying to figure out what where I should be um, working on the businesses, which I'm sure we'll talk about next, on, yeah. like, what quest lines to do. And, like, some of them really gelled with me, and some of them really didn't to the point where I'm, like, I spent an hour trying to do this, and I'm not making progress. I'm going to just switch to something else. So, um, yeah, so I was really soured by the end, which is also why I liked finishing it. Like, people always ask, why do you finish it if you're not having fun with it? Sometimes I will give up on a game, but especially for, like, the sake of content, I like seeing it through. Because totally. sometimes, like, you get a totally different take. Like... If I stopped three hours in, I would be super, like, pretty more positive on it than yeah. everyone else here. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, and now I have, I feel like, a more under complete understanding. Um, on the inverse, like, Dying Light 2, like, I really like that game, and I think that's, like a, like, a much better, like, B-tier option. But I was super hot on it, and then, like, the last few missions and the, the ending, I was like, this is so bad that this right. brought it from great to good for me. Which, like, not a big differential, but I was glad that I, like, could see all of those pieces and, and how it shaped out. So, Yeah. Yeah, the, the bugginess, like in the early sections. First of all, we should just say it's it's cross gen, you know, uh, game experience here. It's wild to think of this thing running on like a launch PS4. I'd like to see it to see what it looks like. I guess I haven't looked at that comparison I, stuff. Yet, I believe it can happen. Well, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> visually, it. it's not it's not the prettiest. Like we talked about it on Party Chatter, Patreon exclusive podcast with like uh, Jeffum and Kyle and Jacob Geller. Uh, they were all on there talking about it, and they're all. Uh, roughly in the same camp maybe jacob's like the coolest on it overall but like it was in one of the opening cutscenes where just like a cat jumped on a table that was my first shock <laughs> yeah. of like, oh boy after like just finishing stray it's like okay what do you are- hate cats what's that why do you hate cats i just hate cats that look you know very launch ps4 if, if my cat looked like that i would hate it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but totally these the graphics like that are not a deal breaker like right, a BTO right. open world game that's what you're gonna get and if the s- gameplay was there i would have zero problem with it but as like a systems guy this game is kind of like just nails on a chalkboard to really me, as far as how many knows it gives you there's it, 
this mechanic of calling your friends, which is classic, and you beat your friends' missions, and it says now they get a new gun, now they'll have more health, which is a fun idea of cre- increasing your bond with these characters. I don't hate the characters either. Like, I thought the first few hours of the story have been pretty interesting. But uh, you call your friend, and you're like, oh, I'll do this wanted mission, this open world uh, mission from my phone. And yeah. you start it, and your friend just leaves immediately <laughs> automatically like you're just supposed to call your friend to shoot random people in the street weird it's like disabled from all content and plus the radio app on your phone is one if you can't even like shuffle play songs you just play the songs in alphabetical order yeah and that also turns off automatically when content starts you'll do the like wingsuit mission and i was like okay yeah i'll pick up some songs to listen to while i do this to make it more fun and then it cuts off and instead the mission is just silent there's no music i've also in the had it auto all. like cut on like i've had like weird like i stopped using it because i would have like when they introduced it i'm like oh this is such a smart idea you can make like a custom playlist and play that but it would like you hit pause and it doesn't pause and then it did pause but then i like go to a cutscene and now it's like unpaused and i'm like i didn't say for this to play at the right like it, i'm like i'm not gonna use this anymore right yeah and like you know jacob giller pointed it out in party chat but like yeah the audio mix is so weird and especially in the beginning is where it really picks up where like it starts in media res and you're like at a club and it's like why is everything so quiet except for the voices yeah i went and checked like is it a weird thing where it's set on headphones and i'm playing through speakers or what is happening here and the subtitles are automatic but like they're just the timing is just completely off and it's just broken on these weird levels that maybe they can patch in some way to imagine they're going to patch the hell out of this game i checked the settings too which is not a good sign if i'm checking the settings in the game to make sure that i didn't accidentally do something because there's like almost no ost in this game like there is licensed music Mm -hmm. and some missions have music but most don't so it kind of feels like the video game equivalent of of if you could just hear someone chewing which i know some people (laughs) like hearing people chew but it's like it's so like weirdly quiet but then the guns are like really loud and i'm like i can hear like my own breath but not in a good way um and i found that really distracting honestly yeah it's it's bizarre i'm curious to see how they're going to patch it and how they might be able to improve it but i know like dan reichert ran into basically a, a game-breaking bug in his playthrough and stuff and so as it goes on it just gets buggier and buggier that's the basic idea janet i feel like it does yeah. like i feel like i was more constantly running into issues and then again it's like sometimes they're not even bugs they're just weird design choices like i was doing a mission for like one of the companies I had was like the waste management one where mm. it's like, oh, we like jankily dump like toxic waste for corporations. And I'm like, cool. And they're like, so you're going to drive this truck full of toxic waste across almost the entire map, basically, like from a north to south perspective. And over time, you'll like lose barrels. I think if you take a certain amount of damage, but there's no indicator on like what like when is that going to happen? So I was just rambling losing barrels and I got to the end. And the very last barrel just like exploded. <laughs> also, mind you, I'm not driving like recklessly at all. Like I, I'm, I'm pretty good at driving like in games that have kind of basic jank driving. Like yeah. I'm used to it, so I'm like, okay, I'm a, I know I'm a good driver in this game, but every, like I can't do this mission. And then I got to the end, and it didn't even tell me I failed it. I just kind of looked through the menu, and it said like you get money for each barrel. So I'm like, I guess I didn't do this because I didn't have any barrels. And then I was like, I'm not going to do this as my like, you have to uh, max out a few of the ventures is what the businesses are called to progress the story at a certain point. And I'm like, this is a venture that I'm just not going to engage with. I'm going to pick a different venture because I like physically can't succeed at this mission. On the, the radioactive waste note, 
it's such a strange tone. I, I did again. I liked the characters because you start out broke at, at a job you hate, which is yeah. like instantly endears me to any character, any group of characters. It's a freelance story, which I love freelance stories and games. Yeah. And generally very like frustrated with all the corporations. We're going to do our own thing. But then there's stuff with the, like the radioactive waste is like this is our venture where we dispose of waste for corporations <laughs> <laughs> it's like imperfect in that area and in a place where i would like to root for it it's like not quite there yeah, yeah. you mentioned the driving janet yeah it, uh, it's not it's not gonna blow you away and, and i think i am fascinated by volition as a studio and like they've always been such a tech powerhouse going back to their early days and like red faction obviously red faction one red faction grill all that stuff um, even like the early Saints Row is like, hey, somebody's giving GTA kind of a run for their money. Look at them go, you know. And so now I feel like it's just at a point where maybe they're too committed to their own engine. And look, I'm an idiot. I don't know anything about game development, but it's this weird thing of like they're using their own engine here. And it just feels like there's all these kind of legacy studios, legendary old studios that have just been dragging their old engines along like, you know, Traveler's Tales with the Lego games. And eventually now they are starting now they're starting fresh and they're using unreal moving forward with lego and i feel like at a certain point for some of these old studios it's like it's time to let the old engine go try something new but that's such a huge hurdle i'd imagine like all right hundreds of people forget the tools you've been using for your entire run here at volition and start something new but you also hear all the time about employees that are like begging to be allowed to switch to unreal right right it's kind of the old frostbite thing with ea you know so not knowing anything it's just bizarre to think of volition's full history and i'm rooting for that studio in such a big way you know so i i'm a little bit disappointed that this is not exactly hitting the mark yeah again though that customization is like unparalleled like not just the character customization but the clothes there's so many pieces that are aspirational to me that i want to wear and also there's the boss browser where people upload their bosses and you can go through it and search by tag video game character movie character whatever see one you like and you can it automatically packages all the that whole outfit into one purchase so it's like seventeen thousand five hundred dollars to get this boss as your boss right now which i think is such a smart system but on the other hand i was browsing it for too long and my characters uh turned nude textureless featureless with glowing eyes (laughs) and i couldn't change anything about them that's what my boss looks like yeah yeah uh it's such a weird spot for this game too like thinking about you know you're excited about hey kind of a b-tier open world crime game all that stuff it's like there's not that many out there and it's got to be tough to develop a game like saints row where the obvious point of comparison is the gta series where now they're taking over 10 years between each entry and uh the developers are working their asses off with a like limitless budget is such a tough thing to try and enter that market it was back then and it's even more so now like all right your one point of comparison is an unrealistic game development scenario good luck everybody yeah um so starting out i was kind of you know reading the early reviews i was like is that just is it just that easy gta comparison where it seems like trash comparison but it's nice to know that as you get deeper into it it's like eh, no it's, yeah it's falling apart and i think like you mentioned the idea of like seven being average and like right. for me like my perspective on the seven is like you know seven's good and i think a lot of games frankly aren't necessarily good but i will say one reason i think we see the seven tossed around a lot which i know audiences get like sick of it they feel like oh you just give everything a seven right a lot of triple a ga- like games and big studios do genuinely make games that are at least good you know um yeah. and that doesn't mean that they're moving the needle or that they're must plays or that we're in love with them but i think oftentimes for studios of a certain size that have an amount of history behind them are usually capable of turning out a good game and i think that's what was so like 
I don't want to say shocking, but like this felt starkly distinctly not good and also not okay, which is why I label it bad. It's like not okay or not good. It's it is bad. It is on a on a 10 I would give it a 5, on a yeah. 5 point I give it a 2. Um and it's like, you know, I've played plenty of games that are like kind of not mind-blowing, but I do think this distinctly does take that turn to the negative where I'm like, yeah, I'm not I have like very little good to say when I'm done with the whole experience because right. I've gone through so many different points of frustration throughout my journey with Saints Row. but And if it tried more, like if it tried to establish its own identity, I mean, it kind of went back to its old identity and right. is living off of that. If it was more ambitious in the things you were doing, I would definitely be more on board to say like this is a good experiment or something. But it's like at its best, it's almost as good as Saints Row 2 from... 12 years ago right right it's such a tough thing i think to message as well it's like well it's not exactly wackier or zanier and the visuals aren't going to blow you away so i am curious who this audience is like if you play this game i think there's going to be people out there that play this game oh, and yeah. have a fine time and are like what is everybody talking about this is a fine open world game co-op is probably fun and yeah. some people like like this is like a weird thing, but some people like buggy games they're like oh I, I like posted a bunch of bugs that i had and they were like now i want to play the game even more and i'm like okay like right. kind of weird but i like i i get what people mean by that but for me like they did impede my experience in terms of like i had times where i'd have a bug and then i it says mission fails like i do the mission again so i'm like that's when for me it's like quote unquote unacceptable because yeah. I play plenty of games that especially you play before that day one patch like there were times I fell through the world in Horizon Forbidden West but the reason that didn't like decrease my opinion on the game is because that was very few and far between and they didn't overall like impede my experience yeah um I think with this game though too to like toss out a few more like compliments to it I see like parts where it had potential like I did I don't know if you did this quest or because uh, I don't think Ben you got to the point where you'd have it but I had the like I think the business is called like Eureka Inventions or something. And that was like, those ventures were awesome because they were testing new technology. And then afterwards you got those weapons, mm -hmm. but it's totally optional and totally missable. And also really near the end of the game, but it was mm -hmm. stuff like you'd get this football essentially that you could throw. It clings to enemies and then it flings them in the air. You got a freaking uh, shield that you could bring up with like your special ability points. And then you could shoot through walls with it. And I'm like, why is this on the final hour of the game? Like There's this is way cooler than a lot of the stuff that has happened before there's also the larping mission where you get the larp gun which is like here's this game that everybody in the city is playing and if you shoot them with this pretend gun they'll do this special set of animations where they like pretend to fall down oh, and pretend cool. to die that's a cute idea and i guess that's what i'm talking about when you can see the love in it but yeah. it yeah. just feels too rushed or the whatever. larp thing went too long too like you were larping for a long time the end of that quest line though was genuinely really amusing like again it wasn't an all bad experience but i think there were too many frustrating design moments where I'm like, yeah, it does dip, it does dip below for me. Right, right. Uh, Sarah. Yes. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Do you think you're going to play no, Saints Row? That's the thing. It's like, <laughs> oh, would you like to play this game that like right. no one is telling you to play? Yeah. Nope, well, I'm good. On a maybe more exciting front, uh, we watched the big... <laughs> I was just wondering what you are going to say that what could be more exciting. It's very funny. It's like... <laughs> It's very funny to record a podcast in person. Just have your face like you always give quizzical looks whenever I try and make a segue or something. But like to have it a foot away from my face as you're like looking at me, like where are you going with this, you idiot? It's a very fun vibe. Uh, maybe a more exciting thing is um, the games that are coming up that were shown during Gamescom oh. or the Gamescom Open Night Live. Oh. We recorded a big reaction stream too. 
like butter on bread. <laughs> yep. And it was so ex- all two hours. React so excited. to it right now. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. is your reaction? Another two hours. Yep, two wow. hours of, of being wild. Uh, what stood out to you? If you had to summarize um, what was shown off. So this is the big uh, German convention, the biggest gaming convention in all of Europe has happened. And Jeff Keighley went over there and he said, hey, here's the big kickoff event, which he's done for the last couple of years. I think 2019 was the last one in person. He was saying all that fun stuff. But two hours game reveals, Jeff Keighley bonanza, bada bing, bada boom. There were awards for things yeah. confusing. <laughs> most anticipated games. I was just surprised that there were so many. There were so many games shown off. Right. And it felt like, and by hour two, I didn't remember what happened in the first 10 minutes. I could not tell you. It's, it's a lot of sci-fi. It's a lot of desert. Where are it's they a lot getting of, like, all of these stuff. space games? Is there just like <laughs> a hole them? in the wall somewhere where they're like, here's they're in the a space pocket game. Of big space, you know? <laughs> is it cheap to make space games? I there's some is space just is that easy to render like open area space is yeah. the new zombie apocalypse. It really feels like it is. Interesting. There's something I don't know if now it's put like, them together and we really got something. Yeah. I think it's a result of like culturally, I don't know, we're more interested in space cuz the mean, earth is burning. Well, sure. I mean, you could connect it to that of like, you know, space A lot of billionaires iron Mars right now. Just well, say. that's I think like part of that trend. It feels like a kind of building up for like the corporate space race angle, so maybe it's more in people's minds, but it is weird like so many like independent studios as well are naming themselves like sci-fi names, even like, you know, the easy examples like Next Lander, or there's that studio from former uh, Call of Duty developers called That's No Moon, which I guess Star Wars and all that stuff. But I feel like so many people are Is that claiming... legal to name their studio? Though? I don't know. It's a good question. I'm sure they looked into it. It seems like an odd one. Um, but uh, they made it very clear during this Gamescom opening night live that, quote, the heart of gaming is beating once again. Like, once again once that's again right. that's right didn't you feel yeah. it leo when it awoken <laughs> was did. that what that was yeah that's right <laughs> um okay but no I game really cold for us <laughs> i mean the lies i mean lies of p came out of nowhere for me yeah. and i just can't get over the name of it, it um, it's unbelievable where the winds meet was surprisingly interesting but i feel like when you put anything that isn't space in surrounded by space it caught my attention like right. all you had to do was not put space in it yeah, and I was there. Well, okay. space is always, always in there. it, just further it's ev- away, just a little further away. That's still a sci-fi yeah, so game. Just above the exactly, space still game. a space game. Yeah, yeah Chibi right. Robo's a game about space. Yeah, actually, what? Is, what? In several different ways. Yeah, um, I think Sparks. Lies of P might have been the biggest takeaway. There's mm-hmm. a lot of interesting stuff to unpack here. Um, it's a game that we might have mentioned before. It's been around for a little bit now, but this I think was the big revealing where everybody's head turned a little bit. Like, wait a minute, do we have to pay attention now to a game called Lies of mm-hmm. P? That's coming <laughs> from oh, what is the name of the studio? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't write it down. Oh, Neo Wiz is the name of the studio, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a South Korean publisher. And then you see the game, Leo. Have you seen this? No, it, I think you're making it up. <laughs> it's called Lies of P. It's so coming in 2023. <laughs> Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Imagine Bloodborne. It's very, very, very Bloodborne, but you play as Pinocchio. But okay. It's like, but it's like gothy Pinocchio. So he's like mm. a regular, like he doesn't look like he's Pinocchio. Yeah. But like he is Pinocchio. And then at one point. Yeah, he doesn't even look like Pinocchio. No, it's like, well, it's inspired by Pinocchio. So he's like, it's like when you do those adaptations and it's like, oh, this is actually just Hansel and Gretel. But it's not like you see them and know they're Hansel They have to tell you that it's Hansel and Gretel. Like if there was no Pinocchio 
hints of mm-hmm. anything here. I think people watch that trailer and they oh, would yeah, not no, say this is okay. Like, oh, there's an old guy where I guess you know it's Geppetto and there's a, a lady whose face is decaying and I think she's like the blue fairy, I think is the idea. And he has like a little... Oh yeah, Jiminy Cricket was A little was Jiminy Cricket speaking in a canister type of thing. Um, but they showed an additional 12 minutes of gameplay for this Lies of P game. And like the, the gameplay trailer already looked exactly like Bloodborne, but then that extended gameplay, it's like, oh my God. Like Bloodborne fans... You should probably pay attention to Liza P. There's no way it's going to be as good, just to be very clear. But it's like somebody going this hard to try and make a new Bloodborne. It looks like a weird American McGee's Alice mixed with Bloodborne. Yeah. Like, it's not as, like, it's, you know, Industrial Revolution London, but there's a little bit more of, like, a playfulness to it. Like, the bosses are very sort of, like, storybook characters gone wrong kind of situation. I don't understand his hair. He's got that like hmm. Timothy Chalamet hair Very going on. I don't nice. know what the cho- I don't know how the budget that went into his hair, but it was immense. Infinite. Um, and the cool thing, Leo, is because I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to. He's not a real boy. Uh, so he's like got parts that are still like automaton style, where he's got a prosthetic arm that he can like swap out with different parts. It's and a little steampunky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is what it looked like. Yeah, it's just weird that Pinocchio is. Hotter than he's ever been. I mean, because is Did it just yeah, under public domain or something? I don't think oh. so. No, I think it was the public domain a long time ago. But it's weird because like there's the new Disney movie that Robert Zemeckis is directing with Tom Hanks as Geppetto, mm-hmm. and that's coming out soon-ish on Disney Plus. And then there's Del Toro's animated version of Pinocchio, and now there's the Italian one from a year or two ago. Oh, really? Yeah. You saw it? Maybe that was this year. I, we started watching it. It was too scary for my partner. Oh, no. <laughs> it's too weird. Well, then don't show her Liza P because it's dark and twisted. Um, but yeah, it, it seems wild. Um, it's going to be a cross-gen game, and I'm very curious to see how it ends up. Leo, predict the Metacritic score for Liza P based on everything we told you today, please. 81. I think. That's a good prediction. I think that would be. It's a day one game pass too, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, it's going to be big. It's going to be big. So twenty twenty. Do you think real boy mode will be like your ultimate mode? You charge up and can enter for <laughs> 20 seconds at a time? Oh, my God. That is totally going to be like for the final boss, you become the real boy, right? So you kind of get nerfed in a way. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you have to kind of build back up and learn new abilities. You know, like good boy-like abilities. Yeah, get your boy. Like he's power a good boy? Back. Like what? Yeah, flicking boogers. I don't know. Doesn't Pinocchio, like in the Disney movie, doesn't he like drink? Alcohol doesn't he like? Well, Pleasure do Island some really is, messed up stuff. Oh my god! Oh on. yeah! Now I'm does. excited about this idea of going to Pleasure Island in this game, where like you, it's co-op and everyone's going to Pleasure Island together, and they're all turning into donkeys. I don't that think is, I want to play this game with you. It is traumatic. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember the how original up Pinocchio is? movie scared me as a yes. child? I mean, the whale that's drowned. Yeah, the whale, right? The whale. He drowns. He's like laying face down. Basically it's like dying. a little like biblical. It yep. is. Oh, yeah. very much so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't go to Pleasure Island, kids, or you'll turn into a donkey. But like mm-hmm. that scared me so much as a kid because it's not just going there and turning into a donkey, but it's the scariest thing. This is always locked in my mind as the scariest thing. It's the the cool buddy Lampwick. Is that his, his name? Sure. Who is his buddy who turns into the donkey. He's like begging Pinocchio for help mm-hmm. as he's turning and that is the most terrifying yeah. thing that's like in Fatal Frame 2 I had to stop playing it because I was too terrified because there's a ghost in that game that's like help me it hurts like <laughs> something scary asking you for help like that is somehow three <laughs> times as scary it is so effed up uh, lies of P everybody you know the name what are you gonna do I mean at this point I feel like the name is actually working in its favor yeah. because we keep going like lies of P really really and the more we say it the more it's like ingraining into us in society and I've seen it all over the internet people just being like why would you call this that why would you call it that 
It's a sequel to the song Friends of P from 30 years ago. I think so. I think so. Um, speaking of Timothy Chalamet, yeah. they opened the show with a Dune game from Funcom, yeah. which seemed exciting. Where it's like, okay, like a trade is going to be more Dune content for me to ignore. So. Yeah. That's right. Well, I was excited about that <laughs> Dune Spice Wars. I've still been meaning to check it out. I was going to say, not that one. Nope, not that one. So Funcom published that one. That's like the 4X game that's also a little bit RTS. But then this is one that looked like, oh my God, it's like a action-adventure game. It looked game. really good. Yeah, we were playing as Paul. This is going to be crazy. And then at the end, it's like, survival MMO, which I'm excited for as well. I just had to, like, recalibrate based on that trailer. Um, I think it would have been so much more cooler and successful as, like, a single-player thing, but I feel like yeah. it was... It, what is it about the siren song of an MMO that they were, like, that spoke to them? Well, was survival it like, MMO, does that mean, like, Rust? Is I, that what they're going for? I think... Let's see. So I think they had... Yeah, so they say... Ba -ba -ba -ba, Quote on their site, no, head into unmapped no, sector, sectors and be the first to discover secrets and riches before the Coriolis storms once again shift the sands and alter the landscape. Rust. Okay. Okay, but I think it's an interesting idea of like, oh, you get bonuses for discovering new lands and then it can just kind of remix the world based on the sands of the planet. Like, that's an interesting idea. But then it's like yeah. a survival game without trees to chop down? What are we to do? <laughs> just Gather dodge, sand? Gather I don't sand. know what Dune is. So. <laughs> well, it's all about the spice. It's got to flow, Gina. Just, it's like There's hot spice. people walking around in the sand. There's right? a worm yeah. and the main really guy's long. name is, is Paul. Right. Yeah. Liza right. P. Yeah. Oh there we go. Whoa. Chalamet. Oh. It's all there. Um, I, I'm very curious to see how it turns out and all that stuff, but Sarah, I mean, you like MMOs, you like survival games, you like Dune. I don't like every MMO. Okay. <laughs> it's not like a one and done situation. Yeah. All right. Um, Janet, did you watch the yep. thing? What stood out to you? What was the star of the show? Um, I wouldn't say star of the show, but one thing that did stand out to me was that game where you're customizing like the minifigures by the people that mm. made, was it from the... Yep. Subnautica yep, team? The Subnautica okay, team. the Subnautica yep. team. Um, and I still actually have not dug into Subnautica, unfortunately. Oh, so but good. I liked just how the developer was talking about they generally will jump like from different genres. And I, I think them having experience jumping from different genres gives me like confidence in what they're setting out to do, even though it is different than what they did before. Um, yeah. But I forget like you know the name of it. Yeah, but the thing that stood out to me from that was the fact that it's little fi like figurines and that you pan paint well in the game you paint them mm -hmm. and I just think that like there is so much attention to detail there and even though I'm not someone that's like in love with that genre um, or like I don't play with like figurines or like do customization like that I just felt like it was such a cool smart detail to put in and I'm like okay this it seems like they, this team really knows what they're talking about with this. They love Warhammer. So the game is called Moonbreaker and it's from Unknown Worlds. Yeah, the Subnautica developers and the interesting hook for this thing. It's a, you know, it's basically Warhammer. The characters aren't even animated. It's like these are minifigs that you're placing down. You have a range where you can move to and attack and all that fun stuff. Um, but the interesting hook is that it's a world that's been developed for years now from Brandon Sanderson, the sci-fi author. So I guess he's been working with that team and I, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for that team. I know I started to play it, but I'm excited <laughs> for the team with the idea of like, that's so cool that like they took all the success of Subnautica and then like, I think it's some of the founders of the studio. This is kind of their side project. It's like, well, we just really like minifigs. And so we're going to make a game that's all about battling minifigs and go into exquisite detail about painting them and all that stuff. Uh, Sarah, yay, nay? It looks solid. Okay. I feel like people who play it and people who like that kind of stuff that this is going to be like a treat for them. Yeah, yeah. they haven't gotten something like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> Moonbreaker. So uh, it's coming out uh, September 29th, 2022, and there's going to be a play test as well and all that fun stuff. Um, okay, anything else stand out? Was this where they announced Dwarf Romantic was coming to Switch? Yeah, Ooh, Leo. Nice. Yeah. I was just thinking about that on, on my Switch. I said, I wonder if that's on here. 
Because it would fit great. It will be soon. Yeah. What's that game all about again, Leo? Uh, Placing tiles so your community looks nice. Placing trains together, rivers together. Yeah. It's it's a very peaceful, chill, relaxing, lovely game. Yeah. Very. Um, Let's see. DualSense Edge. They announced yeah. a new PlayStation controller, basically like the Elite controller for Microsoft, right? Where it's like, oh, you can customize it even more. I hope it's heavier. That would be satisfying. I'm sure it will be. Um, I, I hope the battery life is really good. Yeah, it'd be nice. Um, then other lighter announcements. Leo, I assume you didn't watch the thing? No. Okay. Uh, Hideo Kojima came oh, on yeah. the screen. Jeff Keighley said, I'm oh. introducing my dear friend Hideo Kojima. He got out there. There's been a lot. Kojima's been tweeting about this trailer. He's been editing and all this stuff, showing his Adobe Premiere timeline. He got out there, and what do you think he announced, baby? I've heard about his podcast. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, his podcast is going to be exclusive to Spotify, and it's starting up now. Um, Sarah? Yeah? We're going to listen to it, and we're going to talk it's, about it's it. It's crazy that, like, we have a podcast. Now Kojima has a podcast. Coincidence? You know, That's we're competing crazy. with Kojima Yeah, now. now Kojima is, like, in our pool now. Yeah, we have real competition. It's time for us to Koji make a Pro. game. Mm-hmm. Janet, I think we're on the same page about how horrible Spotify is t- mm-hmm. from a user perspective. Mm. I don't think I like Spotify. Oh, do you? I thought I saw some tweets about it not working for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I similar. definitely have had... I've, it's uh, not been like the proper relationship, but okay. But it is but the overall, one that I'm in, you know. Understood. Yeah. What is your uh, music player of choice, and are you Apple Music? No, I'm just trapped in Spotify because okay, I've yeah, been using yeah. it for so long. So my favorite straight like service for like music was Ardio. If you like remember that from many years ago, but it went under, so I was like, well, uh, I gotta I gotta go somewhere now. My yeah. Ardio went under also. Read that online. <laughs> oh, oh no, Leo. I was left and right. Um. Yeah, so they're going to have Jeff Keighley on that podcast, apparently, for, like, a news segment and stuff. And, like, this is kind of a fun throwback to uh, Kojima had a podcast, the Kojima Productions podcast, Kojima Productions Report, that Ryan Payton used to host back in the day. Like, in the build-up to Metal Gear Solid 4, it was, like, oof, peak good gaming podcast because they just, like, have a little tidbit of news here and there and, like, dive into, like, the sound design of Metal Gear Solid 4. And, like, I was so hot and heavy over that game. It was really fun to, like, take every morsel from that old podcast. I thought it was a little funny that this dropped like i think the day after uh keely had announced for game awards there's going to be a new category that's like best video game adaptation which obviously this podcast wouldn't fall under because it's not right an ad a podcast adaptation of a game but it was just kind of amusing to be like oh, is this so kojima could get another award <laughs> for his podcast <laughs> uh, so it's coming out september 8th apparently it's called brain structure and they have like kind of a pilot episode like an episode zero in the feed right now um and it's about where kojima gets his ideas from and I listened to it and quote, my ideas come from living every minute of every day to its fullest and feeling as much as I can. God, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no wonder I, I haven't it. made anything this substantial. This is why I'll never be like a genius. I, would like <laughs> I want to feel as little as possible. Yeah, same. <laughs> I, I'm glad the industry has somebody like Kojima. I still have yeah. to play Death Stranding, but like I love there's just we can have a figure out there and be like, hey, I'm doing a podcast and it could make news, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Leo? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think something interesting to unpack from this stream is one of the things that they kicked it off with was a game called Everywhere. Oh, God. Okay, yeah. 
this so you, asked, you asked what we were excited about. That's why I'm checking my Twitter because I tweeted out about the whole like thing. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's just Second Life. They're just reskinning Second I Life. I did oh. not like Everywhere. I thought it was Ooh, okay. a very weak Go showing. Go to their website right now yeah. and read what it says. There's the barely game anything on the website. It's confusing. it has a description of what they think the game yeah. is going to be. Mm. Uh, everywhere seamlessly blends gameplay, adventure, creativity, and discovery in an all-new yeah. multi-world gaming experience that redefines how players connect with one another yeah. and the digital world around them yeah but also they made it very clear in that video that quote there's something in it that will definitely appeal to you no matter what it is that you love to do <laughs> famously the Convenient. sign of a good thing you're like something in this game it's okay. everything and nothing yeah oh, well, that's yeah yeah so the, whatever you want that's this <laughs> i will give it credit so this is the new game from uh leslie benzies who was the producer at Rockstar since GTA 3. And if you remember back in 2016, I believe it was, there was a whole hullabaloo where he went on a sabbatical and then basically they locked him out of his office and like, hey, don't come back to Rockstar. And then he sued Rockstar for $150 million because right. he was the one that championed Red Dead Online. Or sorry, not Red Dead Online. I'm sorry to bring it up, Leo. I'm sorry. Dude. Um, but GTA Online is saying like, the Housers didn't even want to do this thing. I was the one that did it. Now it's making a gazillion dollars. You should give me some of that. Um, so this is his new studio that he founded. And somebody else, um, the assistant game director was also like the QA supervisor for GTA Online, Adam Whiting. But the new studio is called Build a Rocket Boy. And this is the big debut of what they're working on. With their space name. That's, ooh. Oh, See, shit. there it is. Um, but I will give them credit for this pitch of it's kind of everything right around with your friends. You can shoot, you can drive. And they did not use the metaverse word once, which I'm sure when they're talking to people that are investing in this, that is a big thing is like, Hey, creators, quote unquote of GTA online, they're going to make a game. That's kind of like the metaverse. Give us money. And so I'd imagine people are, you know, backing up dumb trucks of cash, but at least in this pitch, they were focusing on it's God, that's such a low bar. Yeah, that I bar's mean, pretty low. <laughs> I feel like I heard rumblings that that might that there might be some other stuff going on with all that, but I don't know. I didn't look into it myself. So. What do you mean on the metaverse front? Yeah, like someone mentioned, like it's kind of like it seems like a little Web three. It feels NFT, like that, even though they didn't yeah. mention it. Like again, no, I, it's I didn't adjacent look into to all any, that. Totally, I did not look into any of these like alleged job listings, but like people had tweeted at me, like, oh, I feel like I saw a listing that this, that, and the other, but I did not look in that myself. Right. I, the thing I didn't like about this was. It didn't like look good. Like the game did not. I do not think they did a good job getting at least me excited for it. Like it did not look impressive. It looked very generic. Can you paint a picture visually for someone like me who oh. hasn't seen it? Yeah. So it's um, it the driving looked a little arcadey, a little bit silly. But it's like an open world. Cr open crime world. Game. It had fantastical elements. There's a lot of concept art that was very fantastical. Then they show glimpses. There were like glimpses of like picture in picture where it's like okay, it looks like kind of shooting that's near a GTA online or a little bit like a Fortnite. So that's the confusing web of inspirations that it's dealing with. But then the part that gets really confusing is they're like, look, we want this to be a world where people are, can create and share and socialize, but also we care about storytelling. And then there is this <laughs> other layer where there's like a guy who looks like he's straight out of Max Payne. And it's like this cool. serious, more realistic art style and it's him going through some dramatic, confusing things. So I think it might be like 
an Assassin's Creed layer with like Abstergo or something. We don't know what we saw, Leo. We, I'm we gonna be honest no with you. Clue what also, we saw, please check yeah. the video version for everything Sarah just did. Those are funny. <laughs> Do you um, think that they're trying to come for GTA Online? All the RPing. Do you think they're yes, trying that's to create? What I was thinking, yeah. Talking yeah. About it they're the trying to create environments for people to role play in. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And maybe they will like you know for what it's worth. Like the game could actually be like really good, and this could like age really poorly. But from looking at that trailer, like I saw it and was like. No, absolutely not. I and as an added negative, the, right after that, like I, I really pay attention to like what Jeff and like any host kind of says and asks like the developers because I feel like it kind of colors like ideally it would be like the ideal setup, right? These aren't like I think sometimes people say that like oh Jeff's not given the hard hitting questions. I'm like he's hosting <laughs> a show. It's not like inviting a developer onto like a long podcast to grill them about like right. their lives. This is more like. Hey, what are you working on? So tell us something that we can get excited about. Like that's the job mm-hmm. to yeah. like. Mm-hmm. And then he'll always ball. do that laugh and ask the question about like, okay, what are you working on next though? He'll he'll ask the question that there's no universe they can answer, and then he'll laugh, and then that's the outro. Yeah, that's you know, um, that's the gig. But right. even with that, he said we're a bit confused. What can you tell us? The fact that he said right. that <laughs> in what should be like, and hey, maybe it was a flub on his part. I don't mm-hmm. know. In what should be like a softball, nothing but positive scenario, like that. That like struck a chord with me. I and was the like, developer it is so couldn't clearly. even like he gave the most like political answer, like mm-hmm. a non-answer. He was like, Oh, you know, it's gonna be in the hands of the players to create their I... own stories in this like open environment. And yeah. I'm like, hmm. that doesn't help. Like, I can create my story in a lot it's, of things. Hey everybody, it's GTA Online you with some narrative it. on top <laughs> yeah, of that. Yeah, you do like, you decide what the game is. Like we don't we don't that's too much work. <laughs> it's you GTA t- Online. You Just say it's GTA Online. Like, yeah. It's like when Beyond Good and Evil 2 is like, what if you made the music and we kinda like didn't pay you that well? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if this game's coming out. Uh, so, I mean, I would be more skeptical if it was just concept art, and they said, it's going to be a ways off, but they say they've been working on it for five years. They said 2023. 2023 yeah. is when it's coming out. Oh, they've well. been working on it for five years. So, like, the fact that they showed any gameplay at all, it's like, okay, that's that's. Impressive. I'm excited to see what the hell it is. Yeah, and yeah. I think coming from that pedigree, it's like, yes, he's the producer, he has a ton of Rockstar experience. I'm curious to see, I don't think they listed the other people in that video and like their titles. Cause I was trying to figure out how many are former rock star. I'm curious how many people went over there with them and all this stuff. Cause obviously one person with all that rock star experience can't make a world this big, but I think he could have the funding to make something ambitious and we should be paying attention when quote unquote, the brains behind GTA online is making their new game because GTA online uh, has consumed the entire world. If you haven't noticed, yeah. it's also horrible though. So it's kind the of game? a, yeah, GTA online, you know, different stories for different folks, but GTA online just, really bad experience do you to think play. because it's from 2013 no i think it was fun when it came out i played hundreds of hours the first really? year or two but yeah where it's at now i don't i it's flabbergasting how many people still play it yeah it definitely could use a refresh and the fact yeah. that this will be dropping before gta 6 and whatever they have for the online successor yeah i'm curious how it goes and then also i mean the weird thing is there's also dan hauser who left rockstar and then he founded that studio absurd ventures and games it was kind of, he didn't announce it, but I think people dug into it and found that he founded this new studio in 2021. So it'll be interesting to see like these two former rock star giants and what angle they go. If one of them's going the GTA online route and one of them's going for like the more story focused content, but everywhere is the name of that game. We'll talk about it again. Interesting name. What yeah. a not good name. Yeah, that, see, that's a bad name. Liza <laughs> P is like yeah. a way better name than everywhere. Mm, that's a good debate. I had that's to, a good when poll. I tweeted about it, I had to put everywhere in quotations so people would know it wasn't part of the sentence. And that's it's why just, you know it's a bad game. How name. could it be? How could it be everywhere? How could that be accurate? 
of a name for it's it. It's like everywhere, it's all multi- the time, all at once, sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> like, the name of the film. Mm-hmm. That's right. I've never gotten the name of that film correct. Mm. No one has. No. It's, it's fine. It's the, it's the greatest work of art of all time for this year, but we'll talk about that at the end of the year, I'm sure. Yeah, across that bridge. Yeah. Um, let's see. Other stuff. Uh, Ghost Simulator 3 trailer was like perfection. Mm-hmm. It looked like exactly what we wanted. I think that was the most successful trailer of the entire show. Like, maybe the best outing was for Lies of P, but that was the trailer. It was like, yep, that yeah. looks like the I most said it, I said mm-hmm. it on the stream, but the real winners were the third-party agencies that you pay to make video game trailers in mm. this. Because we saw so many CG trailers and very little <laughs> actual gameplay. Like, someone out there is just has a monopoly on making gameplay trailers, or just game trailers. Yeah, absolutely. It's called Blur. Um, Dead Island 2, Leo, got re-revealed. Wow. Isn't that a blast from the past? Yes. Yeah, it was 2014 at E3. Sony showed off Dead Island 2, and they're like, it's Jaeger making it. The people who made Spec Ops The Line. The trailer with the guy jogging? Yeah, which I rewatched. So long ago. The trailer is very good. It really is one of the best trailers, I think ever made wow ever for anything that's very that's that's a little no but like for game trailers i would put it on top 15 of all time like i really think that trailer is just perfection for like a reveal cg trailer made by some studio trailer house that sarah hates Mm -hmm. um but then at a certain point uh sumo took it over sumo digital and they were developing it and then that fell apart and so now it is damn buster making this version of dead island 2 um and they made like homefront the revolution I defended that game a lot when it first came out. Really? You liked it? (laughs) Yeah, I did. Well, there we go. I played a lot of the multiplayer on On Live. Mm. Wow. So you have multiple things to defend. (laughs) Yeah. Good lord. I was digging my grave back then. (laughs) As opposed to now where it's all just like modern takes. That's right. Yeah. Only the hottest. Uh, But Dead Island 2, uh, it takes place in LA or as they call it, Hell A. Is that what they were calling it? They were calling it Hell A. Oh, God. Yeah. Is that not cool? That's so very cool. Had you heard that, Janet, or is that that strike you as clever? Um, it struck me as I hope they do the preview event in LA and that I get to go. But oh, they oh, absolutely of course will. they'll they do the preview will. event in LA. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I don't get to go. Uh, right. I know you're watching. Manifest yeah. it now. There, my email is in my bio on Twitter. Hey, hey, get a load of this, everybody. I was um I was going back and watching old footage um of the original version of Dead Island Two, which is really wild. Like IGN had a gameplay uh like exclusive or whatever back in the day so it was like 10 minutes of original dead island 2 gameplay from like 2014 uh gamescom back then um and it's interesting to go back and watch that because developers were talking about like oh yeah there's no end to this game it's just like constant generating missions it's kind of like the world's smallest mmo is how they put it are you crying yeah a little bit okay (laughs) um but in that they're talking about the location in la and they said that it was la san francisco and another city so i'm curious to see if this new version of dead island 2 is just just shrink yeah california is I the other see, city is it like san diego i did see someone point out is that it? la is not an island which that, is well, true i said that too <laughs> <laughs> that's a minor point um yeah uh, at what point do you think they had that conversation uh, do you in-house? think they like finally did the thing where they broke california off like the fault finally ripped oh, california so off. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, like America's, a narrative like yeah part of there is so that the fault that california rests on mm-hmm. right and they're waiting for the big one honestly and eventually they'll drift if they off don't oh my god yeah. that is absolutely so they said they got to rebuild this game from the ground up and if that's true and like they could focus just on la like that'd be awesome for like 75 percent of the way through the game then the big earthquake happens they call it the big one the big one mm-hmm. happens and then that's why it's called that island and before that happens they're like are you sure you want to continue and i'm like i love when games do yeah. that it is very fourth wall breaking but i'm like it's super convenient something serious is about to happen <laughs> yeah. anyways get a little of this back in that uh video they were talking about making a game in hollywood and la and all that stuff and they said that 
anytime that the Hollywood sign appears in a game or a movie or anything, you have to pay for it. Like you have to pay the pay? owner of that sign. Oh, okay. There's some person yeah. that you actually have to license that sign to Who unless you change it? it. You know, Shrek 2 also takes place in LA. Yeah, does it, does. it really? Uh-huh. Do they have the Hollywood sign? They yeah, do. Well, yeah, but it says um, far, far, like, far, 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 far away. away yeah. Therefore, yeah. they don't have to pay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So Parody. it's just to be changed it up. Yep. Yeah, it's scathing satire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Dead Island 2, it's coming up February 2020, uh, 20, uh, February uh, 23rd, 2023. Why does it uh, sound like you're auctioning something? <laughs> That's my voice falling apart. Um, if it doesn't become an island, will you guys be disappointed? A little bit. Will you bit. feel like cheated mm. by the franchise name? Yeah, but also, you know, North America and South America together is one big island. That's a great point. <laughs> That's a great point. No one's thought of it that way. Thank you. Um, and it's going to be cross-gen as well, so look forward to that. Um, that was a bunch of other smaller things um, that are exciting in their own way. New uh, civilizations in Age of Empires 4. Which Quantic Sarah Dream has something up. new. Yeah. Oh. They didn't show a lot of it. It was... Uh, oh under gosh. the Waves. Yes, Under the Waves. So this is Quantic Dream, uh, our beloved studio that made uh, Dream Become Human. Everybody remembers Beyond Two Souls, of course. Um, they're making a new game. Well, specifically, they're publishing a game. It's a confusing thing because they're working on that Star Wars Eclipse. And so the actual developer is named Parallel Studio. Um, And so Quantic Dream is publishing this thing. And what was your read on like what was happening in that trailer? It's like a artsy underwater. Well, it's not under the waves. It's underwater. Mm. Like artsy underwater, potentially story driven vibes was kind of the the quick hit. But it was a very like brief showing um i believe they showed like a character like walking across like an underwater bridge or something and then mm-hmm. at one point the text comes up that says mm-hmm. under the way it was giving like underwater existentialism which i feel right. is kind of what we got in soma but this right. doesn't look like scary yeah like soma was are yeah. you a fan of soma i really like soma okay that's on my list i think it'd make a good deepest dive at some point I've never yeah played it. i think it'd be interesting and like they patched it so there's no enemies and stuff in there right yeah well, I mean, yeah. yeah, that's an option. It's an option. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see how that goes. And like, you know, Quantic Dream, I looked it up. They've only published a couple of things. Oh, they, they published the Sea of Solitude director's cut on Switch. Oh, yeah, that was, that was like after the fact, though, you know? Like, yeah. They weren't part of the... I forgot who the original publisher of Sea of Solitude was. Is it EA? EA, because it's an EA original, yeah. Right, right, um, right. For small stuff, Friends versus Friends looked really cool. Yeah. yeah. It had like a wildly colorful, almost too colorful, but I'm down for it. Art style, very cartoony, very playful. And then out of nowhere, a gun showed up. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about the gun part. <laughs> yeah, but, but also like cards. It yes, looked like neon white. Yes, it's- I literally, yep. It was giving like like neon white with like a more, I don't know, almost Steven, not Steven Universe. I feel like it's not, it's not flat. It's like very like vibrant. Right. Um. But yeah, like car- more cartoony, playful, neon white. But yeah. I don't know if that's actually what the gameplay flow looks like because they didn't get into heavy detail on what exactly it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah. interested in that one. How does it feel to be podcasting in person again, Janet? It's good. I like it. I haven't done it in like two years. Two years? Wow. Yeah. Like two or two and a half or something. Is it like Nintendo voice chat at IGN? Yeah, probably. Or may- maybe beyond. You know, those are the two I was on the most. So yeah, yeah. that's so weird. Um, it's nice that this table has a curve. At IGN, they're like straight. Mm. So you kind of just lean forward and like look at people. Yeah, that is tough. It's nice to basically making direct eye contact with Leo throughout this entire show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't blinked. <laughs> it's kind of unnerving, actually. Your eyes are like pruned. He's really <laughs> locked in. Uh, Sarah, do you want to talk about Final Fantasy XIV? Yes. Okay, finally. What, what's going on? In this so we have world? the 6.2 update. Oh, okay. So once there's like a big expansion, you yeah. get these kind of like little bits of updates, which, which just kind of strings you along until the next expansion. Um, so we got new story. New Trial, which is very fun, based on Final Fantasy IV. 
uh, new raid, okay, new dungeon. Okay, based on Final Fantasy <laughs> Moving 4, on. Yeah. I, I am fascinated by that idea. Yeah. So, like, I know that they have, like, the gold saucer in there. They've kind of been mining. Mm-hmm. They have the Magitek armor from 6. Mm-hmm. And so now this is, like, the big push for, like, all right, now it's all about nostalgia for 4 specifically. I don't know how they choose. Okay. But this is somehow, and it's not, like, you know, I wouldn't say the themes are similar, but they just kind of take the bosses and they just rehash them and they're like, these are the bosses in this area now. And like, we've kind of, you know, there's a new story for them and what they're doing, but yeah. you'll recognize them and you'll recognize the music. How does that work lore wise? Just to like cram all these different Final Fantasies into this. I understand the lore from I mean, they kind of, it's stretch, kind but. of like, you know, taking the image of the person, like of the boss, taking the imagery, but then kind of like reworking it into a new scenario. Okay, so it so fits it within the yeah, world. Yeah, it doesn't feel like you're not like, who is this? Like, this is obviously just ripped out of a different Final Fantasy game. Because right. I, for the most part, you know, I've only played like past Final Fantasy X. So I'm always confused. I'm always like, is this is this a Final Fantasy thing? Is this a Final Fantasy thing? Right. So all my education is kind of coming through Final Fantasy XIV. That's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. And even like music from Final Fantasy IV is in there? I only recognized, I was like, this is a Final Fantasy, because I went to the trial and it hit you with like that very distinct Final Fantasy IV like boss music. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but well, I like something like struck me mouth. to my core. Mm. It's like, dun, 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 like, I don't Final know. Fantasy IV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like it the struck DMCA me. strike is coming. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> too accurate. But so yeah, a little. There's a little bit of new story. There's new raids, which is like just harder things for people who like things to be hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fun. I've enjoyed it. I really feel like you know nothing's really feeling stale or stagnant. Really liking it. But the big update was the island sanctuary. Ooh. And I want you to tell me when I say that. There's an island sanctuary. Yeah. I want you to tell me what you think that is. You know, like zombies on it? Chow yeah. Garden. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I was expecting every player basically got their own island sanctuary and it's huge. And you can go to it and your friends can visit your island sanctuary. Right. They're trying to stem the Final Fantasy XIV housing crisis a little bit that we're currently in. Mm. I heard um, actually Biden It's hitting everywhere. Yeah, it's hitting everywhere. So they're trying to like stem the Final Fantasy XIV housing crisis by giving every player their own island sanctuary. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go there. You know, you can farm. You can, like, care for little animals. And I was like, I'm going to decorate my island. It's going to be great. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, show, I show up to this little island, and they just kind of give it to you. It's not, like, story thing. They're like, you deserve this. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I do deserve this. Nice. Um, and you have, you have to gather. It's kind of like Animal Crossing New Horizons, where you have to gather so many materials to build things on your island and then all of a sudden, they're like, build a workshop. Okay. So I build a workshop, and they're like, get materials for your workers to make things that you can sell. And it's kind of, it's its own game within a game, because the currencies don't overlap. Like, the skills don't overlap, oh. the currencies. It's literally a cool. game in a game. But it's like, I thought I was going to be, like, relaxing, chilling by the beach, you know, right. decorating my little cottagecore island. No. I am a manager at, like, Target. (laughs) You have to gather materials, and then you get, like, a Google calendar where you assign what your workers are going to make. Hang on, Janet's eyebrows are raised. She's very into this It is actually an Earth, they call it Earth time, and I'm like, please no. Earth time? No, Eorzea time. Okay. (laughs) But it's like, so I have to assign what they make. So I have, like, a little schedule in the game, and it's like, okay, from 8 a.m., our time, to like noon, you will be making this. And then after that, you'll be making this. And you have to, it's it's like, it's like a seven day week. 
So you already they work seven days straight. Doesn't sound no, like you have to give them two yeah. days off. Okay, you get wow, to pick Sarah, the days. Wow, Sarah, really upset that you have to give your workers two days I off. Was I like, did not expect. That I don't know why they need days off. I'm wow. <laughs> I mean, playing fourteen already feels like a full time job. They literally, yeah. I, they probably should because honestly, it's a lot of. They're working from dawn to dusk, but like I have to go in there and like tell them what to make. Like I can assign it over yeah. the course of a week. Classic it's, manager, like I can't believe I have to assign this to people. I'm literally like making the schedule for like who has to come in when. Island Sanctuary is definitely a misnomer for that. Exactly. But, <laughs> but it is the most interested I've been in that game. Is yeah, about well, really? Like, You're like that managing island, the schedule stuff? It's the really island is huge. That, yeah. yeah, the island is huge and you have to go and like level up your island and then you can gather new materials to make new things and you can collect, you know, animals, like really cute Final Fantasy animals, put them on your farm, pet your animals, feed your animals, mm. you know, yeah. your crops. But it's like then you can make a building. So I'm making like a bathhouse. I'm making an onsen. And they're like, I build it. And they're like, it'll be done 9 a.m. tomorrow. And Gross. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Stay home from work. <laughs> I don't think, I think the thing I hate most is when video games do earth time. They're like, really? come back tomorrow. I'm like, no, I'm playing now. Yeah, I shouldn't I'm be worried about. I'm literally playing now. I don't know, I was focused on the lore of Final Fantasy 4 and 14. I should be more worried about the lore of earth time. Yeah. Like, what, is, what are you talking about? What is this concept? <laughs> they know about us? Yeah. <laughs> Can they see me? <laughs> why, so, why is it earth time? Is Are the people, are the workers like... Not from that world. Well, it's so there's Eorzea time in the game, which is kind of an in-game clock, okay. which Does kind it move of faster. It moves then? faster, okay, so it's like mm. you're you're not like if you play at night, you're not constantly standing around in the dark, right? right and some right. things in the world for crafting and gathering will only spawn at certain Eorzea okay. time. Eorzea is the name for Earth in Final Fantasy fourteen, so it'll only spawn in Eorzea time. And then there are a few, like a few things, like your retainers, which go on Earth time. Uh -huh. So it kind of like you know Earth time, the come back tomorrow. Can you, at some point, I want you to like draw out a graph that we can like share on MinMax's Twitter account or something of like your love for Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh huh. You know, I just want I just want to know like with each expansion where it yeah. spikes, each update where it's at. Like, are you are you plateauing? Are you declining? I, I don't think so. I would. I never considered myself like a day one gamer. You know, where the patch right. comes out and you like do like content, content, like give me the content. But I did that. I literally, on day one, the patch went live. I literally played every single new thing they had added to the game. And this is day one Earth time? Yeah. Okay. Day one Earth time. <laughs> cool. And, it, and it's good. It's fun. <laughs> okay. I, mean, I don't know what else. You, what do you want me to say? Oh, Wait, yeah. So you, like, actually, you like the sanctuary? Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, okay. it's, it's definitely, <laughs> I, I can feel that it's damaging the, to my mental this health. This is the angriest I've ever seen someone like something. <laughs> yeah. That is the tone that I'm trying to figure out here. It's well, a it's conundrum. Like, I, I play it and you're I like, this is going to ruin me. Right. Like, now I'm going to be telling me I have to log in and, like, set a schedule for things because I want a ponytail. Would you have wanted them to do it differently, <laughs> though? Because I do, I do sense some frustrations with, like, I how they I expected it to be a little more low-key chill. Okay. Like, I so thought it was going to be like, I'm going to craft... I'm going to craft a bed and put it in my cabin mm -hmm. and I'm going to craft like a really cute rug and put it. And now no, it's like you must manage a team of workers to create like capitalism, get your warehouses running. Like we got to make we got to export things. And I'm like, well, I thought that I was on vacation. How much do you get yeah. to engage with like the things that you make? That's always like the breaking point for me in Sims. Like if I ha put up an arcade machine, mm -hmm. can I at least like fake right. do the little animate? You know, like make how much can you engage yeah. with like the bathhouse that you made? Well, I don't know if it's done I yet. Think, I mean, you can go and you can like <laughs> sit in the you can sit in the tub okay. probably, but there is no like take a bath animation. Right. It's very much like I sit, I sit. Did I it sit feel worth it though when you like went to sit? Yeah, because I was okay. like, I waited an entire yeah. day for this, and oh, yeah. I gathered materials for an hour for this, so oh, yeah. it better look nice. Uh, hey, guess what game I was playing recently? I saw it. I saw it come through my old email inbox, and I said, I can't say no to that. I love a good trivia game. So I've been playing 
are you smarter than a fifth grader? <laughs> I did see some rumblings about that on Slack. Oh, what is going on with that? they're huge. These rumblings are huge. <laughs> uh, they just made a new version. It's like a, it's available uh, well, on you? everything. What's that? Are you? Um, the answer is yes. <laughs> Although there is a question, Leo, is a cucumber a fruit or a vegetable? Is it a trick question? Leo, answer the question, please. Are you my my heart says vegetable, but it's also got seeds, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, and that's what makes it a fruit is seeds? That's what I heard about tomatoes yeah. is that's why they're fruits. So no vegetable has seeds? This sure. is just what I heard. Okay, and so what are you wrong, going with? Lied <laughs> you're on live TV right now. <laughs> I say vegetable. That's what I said, and they said, no, you're not smarter than fifth grader. That's what I feel like. Right. It's like yeah, the whole thing feels kind of scammy. Like, yeah. I feel like they, like... They're like, are you smarter than a fifth grader? And it's like, nobody, what, can the fifth grader do fucking, can they do taxes? Right. I didn't think so. Like, well, <laughs> I can't either, I but can't, still. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. my age can, and yeah. they make money off of it. Right. Yeah, some <laughs> of the questions, money. Yeah. some of the it's, questions that would pop more up. Like, it's tricky, like, tricky trivia questions that <laughs> maybe a child would know. Right. Um, did you all watch that show? I've R- seen it before. Yeah. Yeah. I watched enough to become upset. Okay. Yeah, well, they yeah. pick like the the top fifth grader in the state and stuff, yeah. and then they pick like Dave from Trader Joe's. Well, it is <laughs> just to weird drag thing. him in front of a national audience. Yeah, so they can like I remember. So they had like kids on the stage that mm-hmm. they could like. It's basically like someone's like calling a friend and who wants to be a millionaire, <laughs> except you like call on them or whatever. And they have them in the game, but because it's like a cool video game. Um, you can like get new skins for the kids. Yeah, new kid skin. It's just like, drops. do you want like little Henry in the front row to be wearing like a Shakespeare outfit? Well, you oh gotta unlock God. that sucker. It's really a gross. <laughs> what system. is your fifth grade look? I don't like this. I don't like this conversation anymore. Yeah. No, what were you gonna I ask sh- about my fifth grader? I don't want to. I want to move on. Okay, that's fair. It's it's not a great trivia game. Uh, first really? of all, no Foxworthy, no buy. That's it, always been my policy. Does, I forgot he was that show. Oh, yeah. Um. Does it have like co-op? Like I know we got really into um, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune, which unironically yeah. hits, even though it's like a little, yes. like a little jankily made. Uh-huh. Like it is. Oh, it is a cheap production. Like they're like, I think we can come in well under budget and then still have enough for like the mini fridge in the studio or something. <laughs> right. Honestly, yeah, I would take that Wheel of Fortune game any day of the week. Oh and, like, yeah, the budget is a lot bigger for Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, but the game itself, <laughs> and I'm talking about just like the game show design. It's like there's no comparison. Wheel of Fortune is a much better game, right? Yeah, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? It's like we're in borderline deal or no deal territory with the quality of this game show which is just hot trash as everybody knows family feud a game on switch has been uh similarly disappointing oh, really? really no steve harvey of course oh mm. crashes all the time in the third round what <laughs> <laughs> have you finished the game successfully then yet? yes okay we did win i've got enough money for new cosmetics nice Uno on Switch is really good. Thank you. Okay. It's like a literal must-have. And it does feel different than like playing it physically, like with cards. Because you might be thinking, do I need another way to play Uno? Yes, you do. And Uh, it's on Switch. Full disclosure, full disclosure, Sarah invented Uno. I did not invent Uno, (laughs) but that was the brand that I managed, the gaming brand. Also, if you have Uno here, I'm down to play around Uno after this, because like we don't play Uno enough, I feel like. I think we probably have one. (laughs) And if you don't have one, I have a bunch. Really? Do you get like every new edition of Uno? Well, like Uno makes like art sets, right? They like collaborate with artists. And then I end up with them for free. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Remember when they announced that Uno is in Far Cry 6? Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. that? And then no one paid what? attention to it? Somebody yeah. somebody was sweating a lot when that happened. It was me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like, I remember you told me about that. Then they announced it. It was like, I thought people were going to at least like joke about it or acknowledge no. it. But it was just like there's so the many, biggest wet part so of it. There's so many Uno <laughs> DLCs. There's so many Uno DLCs that I feel like they just go like, yeah, like over like, and mm. I'm like, no one, I don't think... 
maybe nobody will notice. <laughs> I it took me forever to remember what Far Cry Six was about and where it was <laughs> and who was in it. I feel like that game is it in the general. one that just came out. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was the last yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where was Uno? It's DLC. You got to go back oh. to it to experience it. I'm not going back. I'm no one, one and done. Is it just Uno as simple yeah. as like Uno is a Spanish word? Uno and done. Therefore, Far Cry Six. No. I think they just wanted a fun, a fun thing to do in there, probably. Somebody had the discussion that Uno is <laughs> Like, Spanish. the no, word Uno not. is Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying there's absolutely no connection there? Then they didn't say, oh, it's Spanish. Let's do, we obviously should do Well, not Uno. in that tone. But then <laughs> no. they go like, hey, this is a perk. Look, it connects. No, it's, it's no like that absolutely six. was not the reason. Right. Um, uh, Janet, <laughs> do you want to talk about um, We Are OFK? Sure. We're okay. It's a, I think it has. <laughs> and go. I think it has, uh, oh, I want to say five episodes. Hopefully I'm not yeah, misspeaking on yep. that. Um, at launch, there were the first two were playable and they are rolling out the other ones, I believe weekly, but you can check me on that in case I don't know. Yeah. But for the review, um, you could play all of them. Like if you played your review code before the game came out, you could right. play all of them. So that's what I did. Ultimately, so it's a story-driven game that very much is in the vein of you are watching um, this group of like kind of millennials uh, live through life and and struggle with work. Kind of another freelance story, which I do like these freelance yeah. stories. Yeah. Um, struggle with work and kind of, you know, have this budding passion with music in different ways. Like one character really wants to like write and sing. The other one is like a pianist, like that's classically trained. And then you meet other characters along the way and the kind of TLDR is eventually like the band starts to form and take shape. So it's kind of their musical journey. And it's, yeah. And it's, it's basically like watching a TV show. You're yeah, like making the, dialogue choices, but it's not like a telltale wild yes. swing. And that's literally the pitch of the, sh- like the game, yeah. like from the studio, they're like this, treat this like episodes you're watching, like on TV, yeah. but there is interactivity with, like you mentioned, Ben, like choosing some dialogue. It does not impact the story, but you can kind of, you know, add a little bit of flavor here and there, but right. you're not ever like, moving around the environment or interacting with optional things. It is purely like every now and then you get to choose what text gets sent or yeah. every now and then mm. you get to choose like how you respond. And I think it's, a, I think it's an interesting game more than one that I enjoyed. Cause like learning about the development even more, it's like that confusing thing of even when they announced it, I remember it was a little bit confusing, but I mean, PlayStation was promoting this. Nintendo yeah. was promoting this. I feel like everyone's been promoting this in a huge way. Um, and the pitch is that it's also how they're launching a band like this is a game, but then also there is the yeah, band. Yeah, because I keep getting their OFK. music on my Spotify Discovery, really? and I wish it would stop. Really? Like for the past okay. few months, I want to say like two months. Yeah. In my Spotify Discovery, I'm like, what is this song that I don't want? Oh, it's OFK. That's no offense to them, but <laughs> right. like it is not just because I listen to a lot of video game music. Yeah. It's putting it in that category, and mm-hmm. I'm like, not what I wanted. So, yeah, well, maybe this could change it's your mind. Not, but I listened to an interview over at Easy Allies with uh, Teddy, who's the creative director of this thing. Um, and they were saying that the whole project started because they went to a Hatsune Miku concert. Oh, f- See, there we Miku, go. You there betrayed we go. me. And then it's like, hey, it's impossible to like break into the music scene. What if we made a game and launched it with this? What would you call that? Fictional band? I don't know. Like the Gorillas? What do you call that type of band? So um, I don't know. Like Bandoid? Bandoid? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not like a. <laughs> That's the generic name Bandoid. of Bandoid. <laughs> so um, this is their Gorillas? It's their gorillas. Okay, so it's going to continue like after the game, like the songs. The, the music will, I think, because okay. it's kind of like an EP. Because I played those. So are like, they no longer going to develop? Because they make the music, an excuse right? to make yeah. a band. So are they done making games and they're going to go? I don't into know. Music? I mean, maybe if the game is really successful, maybe that's very go meta. Because the story is about like 
you know, forget this game development stuff. Let's go make. So, like, let's go make music. Right. It so feels like they, we're we don't know how to make music. We don't know how to like break into the music is industry. This, is this we're in the video game? game? Yeah, this, but right. we know how to make video games. So let's just like trick everybody into listening to our music, and then maybe we can just do that. I don't know. It's Smart. an interesting approach. I, I like it in theory. I think playing it, I just played the first episode and like the music video at the end that's like an interactive mm-hmm. music video is kind of cool. Is yeah. like every episode like that? Yeah, every episode. Okay. And that is actually the one part where you do get to walk around because right. they like throw you into like a music video kind of moment and you just, it you kind of just naturally figure out what you're supposed to do, but you just kind of like, oh, walk around and do like trippy stuff. Like in the first one, there's this cool scene where you're like picking up a bunch of cats to like return them to some dispenser or something. And I'm like, this is like, you put them down a laundry chute. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm down for this where I listen to, I think the first song that drops is Follow Unfollow, which I do like that song. So that's cool. But I will say that like those moments don't hit super hard. Like I feel like they wanted to invoke Sinar Wild Hearts, but they like did not in Mm -hmm. those moments. And some of the videos are definitely, and songs are weaker than others. And kind of like the, the TLDR of like my feelings on the game is I was really hot on the first two episodes. Like mm. I actually really liked the first two episodes. I enjoyed the drama of like what's going on with the characters. And I was intrigued like to learn more about them, even though I did find some of them frustrating in the sense of when you get invested in any media and you see someone like ruining their life. I'm like, oh, I just want to like stop you from ruining your life. So I had those moments for sure. But then episode three was really weak to me. Episode four kind of spiked back up. But then it felt okay. like it didn't quite fit like in the right chronological order like you kind of look at a character that had been there the whole game but like you'd never heard from them and then you like get to know more about them but i'm like i don't know if i like this placement of where you put it Mm. and then episode five was kind of like back down again so it was very mixed for me ultimately i feel like the game is kind of just okay um i wouldn't say it's bad but i wouldn't say it's good so i feel like there are to me there are better of these types of games to play in terms of like having an interesting interactive experience even aside from like there's always that conversation of people being like, I don't like this game or I don't think it's good because I don't get to make choices that matter. Like it never said it was a game that made choices that matter. Uh So now if you don't like playing story games where your choices don't matter, then you should just not play any that have that mechanic. But um, to me, that's not why it was weak to me. Yeah. Is it? It was like the writing and stuff. Is it good as like an interactive album or is there too much stuff besides the music? There's way way too much much stuff. stuff. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. It's definitely, which I feel like they lightly like gestured at it being more of like an interact, like a, oh, you're living a music video, but it's not really quite that. It's so far from like a music rhythm yeah. game. Or I love the like, art okay, style yeah. though of the game as well. Yeah. Um, and I think they do some like really cool stuff with like their characters and like there are some really like fire moments writing wise, even though I think sometimes the writing can be weak. Like there are also really good Hyatts. Right. So it's the kind of game where I don't recommend it, but I will, well, if the if the studio stays making games, like I would want to check out their next project because yeah. I think it was a mixed bag for me of an experience. Yeah, it's a Teddy, the creative director over there. Uh, they worked on Hyperlight Drifter. Oh, cool. So Kyle has to check out this game. Uh, I think there's no gliding. The there is no gliding. Uh, maybe, hey, maybe a future music video. There can be some gliding or something. But um, I remember. I think I talked about it, Leo, in our GDC Patreon exclusive podcast because um, I went to a panel with Teddy and Chris Brown, who was the voice director on this project. Because Chris Brown's like legendary voice director in the industry. I mean, she goes back to like the early '90s at LucasArts. Like the Sam and Max games. I mean, all of, well, I think basically all of Tim Schafer's stuff, like Grim Fandango, she was the voice director. So it's very cool. And like that entire pitch for that GDC panel was recording naturalistic dialogue in games. And so I was, I was playing it just to like hear the voice acting oh, yeah. and seeing how conversational it can feel. And so I think, I think that's novel in the industry is to have people try and be 
little more subdued and not as theatrical mm-hmm. and all this performance. And I liked you know? the voice acting. Yeah. And I think a lot of, like, I remember talking to um, Blessing about this game, like, on, I think, Gamescast. And, like, he had mentioned something that I had, like, like Greg had played this game. So I was texting him about, like, my thoughts on it as I yeah. went through it. And um, I did feel like the ways the characters spoke in text felt very authentic to, like, how I text and how my friends text, like... But yeah. then it also made me feel subconscious about my life. I was like, oh, my God, am I just like this NPC styled person? Like, hey, what's up? <laughs> like- it's all about just kind of like a hustle and trying to climb the, I don't know, creative ladder in L.A. It's kind of the yeah, idea. Yeah, right? it also like very LA. much was. And I know some people think the game's a little too like, oh, this is such like a basically like millennial, like so obviously tropey. And I'm like, nah, I feel like this is real life. I'm like, <laughs> I know people like my boyfriend loves drinking boba. They're hanging out at a boba shop all the time. I'm like, they were like, oh, man, I'm burned out on like my game creative thing because they don't let me be creative enough so i'm gonna like do this other creative thing on the side and i'm like if that's not the creative life of like when i'm done working at my creative job i'm gonna go and do like other creative stuff so i found a lot of those things to be like really cool to see play out but yeah yeah, it was kind of mixed uh hey sarah yeah hey sarah Uh, do you want to talk about soul hackers 2 a little bit Sure, we could talk about it a little bit. Okay, Soul it's, Hackers 2. Soul what Hackers 2. Like, it's in the vein of the Shin Megami Tensei game. It's like so. a spinoff of that. Yeah, right? there was one that came out a really long time ago, so if you've never like heard of it or played it, don't feel bad. You don't have to play that one to play this one. Um, very accessible. Like I applaud them on the, trying to make you know the Persona-style gameplay a little more accessible. Yeah. Um, it goes kind of fast in the first five hours. Uh, you get your party, like your entire party of, you know, fellow characters within like the first 30 minutes. Okay. It was just like, bam, 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 bam. Look at your team and your team is here. And I was like, that's a little fast. <laughs> like you don't really get to, you know, have that moment between your character and you add on people and you kind of like build your relationship mm-hmm. out. Um, when I spoke, But also you're playing Final Fantasy 15, so you should be used to that at this point, right? What? Getting a party? No, just out of the gate. Bam, you got everybody. Good to go. Because it's me. No, you don't. You get people in your party throughout the entire series of Final Fantasy XIV. Fifteen. Oh. You mean the boys? Yeah, the boys. Yeah, and then they all leave to go do their DLC that you had to pay for. <laughs> hey, up, so Oh, where's Prompto going? Oh, five bucks, let's go. Yeah. Uh, is Soul Hackers too good? <laughs> if you re- if you like the first five hours, uh, and it's just, you're going to really like the second five hours. And if hours. you like Shin Megami Tensei, let's say five, probably a lot of people jumped into five. What about the five. third five hours? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> okay. I did not get to the third five hours because yeah. I was like... You know, it starts off right out of the gate, and then you can only go through so many subway dungeons before you're tired of going to abandoned subways. Okay, sure. Um, I really, I do feel like it gave me a better understanding than any Persona game that I've played of the demon mechanics. Oh, Of, like, combining the demons on how the demons should work in battle, like, weaknesses, like, strengths. Like, it did a really good job, like, easing you into that yeah. than any other, you know, Shin Megami Tensei game has. But it definitely fell flat on the stories. Like, their whole thing was that this is, like, an older group of people. Like, you're not high schoolers anymore. But it's, like, their idea of being older is that they all have, like, weirdly specific baggage. Um, and then it's, like, to hang out, you're, like, let's go to the bar. And they go to the bar, and they're just, like, throwing back beers. They're, like, oh, man, sure love being not in high school. Am I right, guys? God, and you're, like, back. you're, like, I don't know if this really, um, reflects, like, adult relationships, but, um, <laughs> they're trying. Yeah. All right. Soul Hackers 2. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see it as, like, a Persona cousin mm-hmm. floating out there. Yeah. But check out Definitely, if you're there. interested, if you've ever been interested in the Persona games, check it out. Wait, definitely check it out if you like yeah. Persona? 
Yeah. That's I a mean, bold like, claim. if I mean, if you like the gameplay, then you can probably move past, you know, maybe a slower story. Right. Less right. to do. People, and when you play JRPGs, you overlook a lot of things. Yeah. You let a true. lot of things slide. <laughs> that's the uh, way the genre <laughs> operates. Yeah. Uh, Leo, do you know how this whole thing operates here? Dude, stop putting me on the spot <laughs> with this. Okay. Do you want to point to somebody else that we could put on the spot? I couldn't. What you're doing to me right now, I couldn't ever <laughs> do to someone else. Wow. Help me out, dude. We need to like say how this is happening. I guess Patreon. Excuse me? Patreon? Could you say that with conviction and love? Patreon? That's right, everybody. <laughs> Patreon.com slash MinMax with two ends. This whole thing is possible because of you. If you enjoy the show, help support the show directly and unlock beautiful benefits <laughs> seeing you look at the camera is so weird <laughs> All right, everyone started so staring into it so i started staring into it uh, and yeah. then i'm like this Seems is like gonna be a long time of making like camera eye contact it's so <laughs> unnerving uh thank you to some of our biggest supporters people like i am 8-bit they want everybody to know about stray uh the vinyl soundtrack to straight uh Actually, I'm a bitch on the screen, so you can look away. You don't have to keep looking at the okay. camera. They can't see you anyway. <laughs> We're just doing this for fun. That's right. Uh, but the I am 8-bit exclusive edition of Stray, everybody available on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. You can check that out. It comes with a fuzzy, pettable version of the cat. That's a patch, as well as a bunch of cool concept art, fun stuff like that. So if you go to I am 8-bit's wonderful online store, you can find that Stray vinyl soundtrack and the actual game itself, which, by the way, I uh, finished uh, this last weekend. Yeah. I felt bad about being so far behind on so many games we're like at least i can finish stray sure. i think i can do this yeah uh, so it was nice to to check that off the list and i had a great time with it nice simple game really enjoyed it um but if you go to imape it's wonderful online store you can use the promo code sturgeon moon sturgeon moon everybody for 10 percent off do you see that sarah can i just noticed it? that only only leo <laughs> is visible Right, out of all of us, well, like I, I messed up. I messed up the layout. Bit. Oh, I, you messed up the layout. I messed up the layout. I went to a new one and didn't change it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, go to my bits, wonderful online store, Sturgeon Moon, no space, ten percent off. And because they're so generous, they are giving out a prize to somebody from this very community. Whoever has the best question, submit it over there on Patreon. Because if you support us at any tier on Patreon, even that two dollar tier, even just for one month, try it. You might like it. You can submit a question for us to read and answer on the show, and then we're going to choose our absolute number one favorite. And that person is going to win a copy of Etherborn on Switch. The game Etherborn, thanks to I am 8-Bit. Do you want to all spell Sturgeon? I feel like that's one of the hardest yeah. to spell words I've seen in a promo code. Yeah, probably. I spell it. Uh, Leo, do you have any questions? Uh, a country of origin or anything? Sorry? Do you have any questions if you're in a spelling bee? Or do you just want to have at it and spell it for everybody right now? Oh, the etymology, please. Sturgeon. <laughs> Entertain them. Like, em. it's like the fish. Could you use it in a sentence? I caught a really big sturgeon today at the lake. Can you use a pun from Animal Crossing to describe how you caught the sturgeon? Yes. I don't remember what the sturgeon animal like, crossing Like, oh, call is. me the sturgeon general. <laughs> it comes, like a sturgeon? It comes from... <laughs> the very first time, yeah. It comes from the Dutch word stir. Does that <laughs> does <what> it <laughs> Yeah. Stir, and the German store. Uh, so everybody, sturgeon. Every, oh, yeah. Have it. <clears throat> S-T-U-R-G-E-O-N. Yep, sturgeon. you did it. No space, and then moon. Oh. <laughs> moon, M-O-O-N. Hey, moon. Leo Vader. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, hey, uh, Michael Barry submitted a question over there on Patreon. They say, Janet. Hi. Hope your flight was pleasant. Yeah, it was pretty good, except for the medical emergency that someone had. Oh, no, can't, it you can't just drop that. But it didn't, the plane didn't have to land, so I think they're okay. Because they just kicked the person out? <laughs> I, would, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> 
Miracle says, I love the first Risk of Rain, but when I recommend it to others, they are hesitant due to the art style. It bums me out to see people walk away from Risk of Rain without at least trying it. So I respectfully do my best to explain my passion for the gameplay loop and its phenomenal soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, before we get to Michael's great question, um, Risk of Rain 2 is one of those games that I hear people defend the hell out of every once in a while, and I feel like it completely passed me by. Did you? Did anybody play it? A little bit. Okay. Is it? Hour or two. Did you like it? It's all right. So Michael Berry's just a hack and a liar, or <laughs> if that's what you take that to mean, then <laughs> all right, I guess so. Uh, so Michael then asked, "What game have you gone to bat for the most, hoping people would give it a chance?" Fuser. Yeah. You know oh, what? Yeah. You go to bat all the time. It's Check out Wii Sports on YouTube. At my friend meetup, online friends came to town, got an Airbnb, hung out for a week. Sold three copies of Drop oh, Mix. Drop wow. Mix! Yeah! That's influencer, baby. They that's should be right. paying you. That's right. That's right. And that's epic money these days. I heard that the uh, Drop Mix app was like delisted from the store or something. Oh my God, really? That's what I heard. <laughs> I should have told them. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked into it, but I forget if I told you. But yeah, a, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago or so at this point, um, I had a couple of beers in me. And then I was like, you know what I'm going to do? Before it's too late, I'm going to go buy every drop mix pack I can get. Just yeah. just so I have it ready to go, you know? Um, and then I don't think I played with them yet. But I love knowing that I have the full set of that harmonics weird DJ thing. It's Me so too. Fun. Yeah. I, it was collecting dust for two years and then it finally came out for this meetup. And God, still such a fun time. Yeah. I genuinely was considering like at my wedding having Leo just take drop mix out. <laughs> For like a cheap DJ, I do think it would work well. I think it <laughs> I would have been fun. That. Yeah, yeah. I, next time, a lot of uh... next time. Is <laughs> <laughs> your wife watches us? No, no, no. Stop, stop. Be cool. Be cool. There would have been a lot of whiffs, a lot of confused right. moments from the crowd. <laughs> but then every time, it's just you can drop that. Ooh, wah! <laughs> Which I don't know. Can anybody do that better? Get him back. It's a tough thing to do. <clears throat> Ooh, wah! All right, that's pretty good. Somebody's played drop mix. Uh, Crater <laughs> says, question for Janet. What is the most Minnesotan thing you've... Ex- Hang on, did we answer this? Okay, you No, can- you <laughs> asked Leo, and then I you mean, ignored the rest but of I feel like But Leo's just so fun and charming. Yeah. He's the uh, the main batter, I feel. Well, you got your Final Fantasy fourteen. That's yeah. like your thing. Is that it? Do you recommend it to people? I feel like you've never looked me in the eyes and said, you need that's to play this. That's because this is a level like of it. gaslighting that you don't need to do. Yeah. I, liked, I played like 20 hours of it back in the day, and I liked it. That's the thing, is it's hard to recommend like an MMO to someone that you've put 800 hours in, and you're like, yeah, it's really fun, when what I'm playing that's really fun is not what you will be playing. Right, right, right. Yeah, we are not playing. When you start Final Fantasy fourteen, and where I am right now, we are not playing the same game. So it's just impossible to recommend then? I mean, it's hard, right? Because yeah. you have to basically say, like, are you committed to getting to where I am, where it gets, I mean, it's all, it's all good, but, like, where it's, like, really fun. That's, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. And even, like, at a certain point, I was like, well, I'll just watch, like, because people say it's the best Final Fantasy story and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'll just watch, like, the story cut on YouTube, like, take the cutscenes and stuff. It was, like... <laughs> 30 hours mm-hmm. <laughs> i was expecting like surely there's like a What's seven hour version or something that i can digest but it was like okay even watching the youtube highlights are incomprehensible yeah well it crosses like the multiple expansions and like they yeah. leave it into so many it would be impossible to just like some you youtubers to, like, right now like yeah. weeping like i told you it was too long <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah i think mine is just there's probably a lot throughout my history but for this year it's been um, Nobody Saves the World, which is a game that I love You're so really much. Going, I love that game. Yeah. You really like that game a lot. And I recommended it to all my friends. Everyone's like, okay, yeah, sure, that's nice. I feel like people listening to the podcast, most people are like, okay, yeah, that's nice. 
it when it hits it really locks in with people is is i think what's going on here but like multiple friends they've just bounced off so quickly it's like am i nuts what's going i why is know. this game like pure crack for me? And I, everyone else is like, eh, it's interesting. I feel like Wakamele had people in a chokehold, and because this isn't Wakamele, people just don't, I feel like, are not as receptive to it. Yeah. Um, is it the same company? Yeah. Dreambox. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you liked it, Janet. Yeah, it was awesome. All right. There we I, go. I was surprised that more people weren't as hot on it as we were. Like, I emerged from, like, the embargo cave. Right. And I'm like, surely we all enjoyed this, at <laughs> least to some degree. Yeah. And a lot of people were like, ah, oh, it just, it didn't hit the way it needed I to. I think, like, kind of funny in particular. Like, yeah, they didn't yeah. like it over there, which is my Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to name names, but um, I don't know what y'all played, because I, I love that game. I think yeah. it's awesome. I was actually, um, eventually I'll post them. I was going through my phone, like, cleaning out my phone while I was on the plane, like, trying to delete all these pictures and videos. And I have some screenshots from that <laughs> game. Like, that, yeah, just to clear out my phone before I land. Um, I saw screenshots from that game of, like, some of the jokes. I think the jokes are genuinely really funny. I think it's on par, if not better, than the humor they had in Wakamele, personally. But Speaking of, um, you know, calling people out and kind of funny, yeah. let me oh see. I haven't, is this I haven't the airing of grievances? This is oh the airing of God. grievances. Thanksgiving's still a little ways away. I don't know if we <laughs> because do I have right not now. checked this out yet to see, but as we talked about last week, Snowbike Mike yes. and the kind of funny community, they lost last episode of Trivia Tower. The yes. penalty legally binding yeah. was that he had to start one stream mm-hmm. and one episode of the X cast. Mm-hmm. This week is what I said uh, after inhaling a big thing of helium yes. from a balloon. Last week, he did not do it. Mm-hmm. There's no mention of it oh on the gosh. episode. So, okay, Wait, this is Nintendo now. Is Treehouse live right now? Oh, do you want to watch that? Yeah, yeah I think they're showing off <laughs> Splatoon 3 and, and Harvestella. Harvestella. I do want to see Harvestella. I'm excited for Why do you hate Splatoon 3? That's going to be the we one. We don't handle. hate it. We're no. just not good at Splatoon. That's yeah. going to be the one I have to defend. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is, I want to see the opening of X-Cast here. Let's see. And this isn't calling anybody out. You could be good at Splatoon. I don't though. want to be caught in the crossfires of this beat. I just, don't you just want to see if Are they actually do it? Are you holding that up to your mic? You don't know if they, what no. is about to happen? No. Okay. You should look at the timestamps and just, that'd be a faster way. Right. No, I kind of want to just play the opening of kind of funny what in the like discovery channel history channel is this opener ben did not ask me <laughs> about this what is going before. on everybody he Welcome did it another episode of he the did it x cast you're home for all things yeah X-Cast. snowbike mike thank you snowbike mike and today i'm joined with my guy all right that's awesome all right it'll slowly all right. deplete all right i love it great i knew that was coming and i still wasn't ready all right, that's sweet. Thank you. Kind of funny. Look at this. There doesn't who, need to be a war. War has been next? averted, everybody. Who are you going to I torment like my content fighting. I feel like you're tricking people onto Trivia Tower. Tricking. Just to get them into some position where they have yeah. to do something. There's going to be a Hulu inevitably. documentary on the era of like Hanson's Trivia Tower yeah. reign. Look, I'm right. just saying the MinMax community is the smartest on in the internet when it comes to game trivia. Like, they're welcome to beat us. <laughs> they're welcome <laughs> to freaking try. It is bonkers that like no one's will beat us yet. No, I think Easy Allies... That community has a shot. And I know we outnumber usually at least the people that Giant are in Bomb, there. Giant Bomb, I think it was like 50-50. Okay. Yeah. And Giant uh, Bomb did pretty well. They did all right. Uh, they did fine. And kind of funny, at least, you know, Mitch on that team did Mitch a great job. Mitch carried that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was honestly, like, it was a great moment in sports history. Like, That's watching that <laughs> It really was. <laughs> Genuinely, like, that was such a fun episode to watch. Like, obviously, like, spoilers now for, like, how it turns out and stuff. But I think even knowing that, it's still very exciting. Yeah. So the next episode of Trivia Tower won't be uh, a big community rivalry episode because I think at a certain point it's like it, with so many new people flooding in it kind of lowers your chances of winning if you're from mid-max so we want to have one mm. good old-fashioned episode mm-hmm. for this yeah. month uh, where you can compete for prizes and stuff um, 
And then we might have another all-star round coming up in October. Oh my gosh. Those are so embarrassing because it's like <laughs> it's like celebrity baseball or something where yeah. it's like these people can't do this, but we should be able to do it because we like are in games, but nobody no. asks me questions that I would know. No one's like in the Sims. The thing is, like, that's not true. That's not true. When we're, when we're on giant bombs. It's like I'm uh, here to finish show. Saints Row, not remember what publisher did oh look at this character's eyes and then tell me look me in the eye and tell me what eyes you see i don't can't do that yeah i can't do that's it. a normal trivia question look me in the eyes <laughs> and tell me what eyes you see it's like a riddle okay. under a bridge that is, that is based about? on what is what do you call that round i oh, iq iq yeah um, yeah. No, but Sarah, we were on Arcade Bit at Giant Bomb. Yeah, because those were games that came out in the last 10 years. But that was it. You're like, oh, I'm going to be so bad at this. Identify the game based on the screenshot. And then it was like the every game yeah, that Sarah played. Yeah, because I know played. a lot about <laughs> games that came out in the last 10 years the when worst I was cognizant. about Trivia Tower All-Stars <laughs> is having to pretend like you're thinking of something when you know you just don't know it. Yeah, so right. Ben's like, listen to this song. And I'm like, I've never heard this song in my life because I mute the TV and I play Spotify. But I, I mean, unlike the podcast, like I'm not going to call anybody out. It's like, guess if you know, but I'm going to be like, Janet, everybody else in the game industry, hold, wait for Janet to answer. Do you know She's this? in her mind palace. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's over entries. quickly because I don't make it out of the first round. So. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a fun time. Uh, Tanner Hoisington writes in and says, hey, just a thought I would... Oh, just thought I would provide context for the Gamescom discussion and say that the show has a rule that if you're not on the floor, you can't be a part of opening night live. That means no Nintendo, Sony, Square... Hang on, sorry. <laughs> I'll find it square and others who skip this year. Normally I'm critical of Jeff Keighley's show. Give more time to awards. I'm begging you, but he had that going against him. So that's interesting detail for why there weren't bigger uh, publishers there. Anyways, Tanner says, when you read this, I'll be at Gamescom. Must Hi. be nice, Tanner. Yeah. Rub it in a little bit. Second time you? since 2019 where I got to play Final Fantasy VII Remake, Luigi's Mansion 3, Roller Champions, and more. How's Roller Champions going, though? I haven't played it in a bit, but yeah. I, I only have fun. There we go. Um, uh, oh, same with Tanner. They say it was a ton of fun with uh, hundreds of thousands of people at the show playing games and buying merch. Are there any chance the cohorts will ever go to Gamescom? I know, Ben. I'd like to go. <laughs> I really want to well, go to Gamescom. Sarah, with that attitude to... of, I don't know, Ben. <laughs> That's a good first note. If y'all want us to go, we, I imagine we'd need quite a bit of money to I go. Think, yeah, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if we were able to send everybody and that would cool. be the ultimate Patreon If we goal. can't send anybody, how do we decide it? Just a round of Uno, a round of uh, far smarter than a fifth grade. <laughs> I think the yeah, German language trivia, like, you know, oh. what's the original word for Scheister. sturgeon? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <that's> the, uh, <laughs> maybe we've, have we discussed this about coordinating, like, Patreon goals, like the Trek to Shrek around events like that? Like, if we met, meet this goal by this so event, it'd be, we can It'd go. be like a time-based thing, right? If, yeah. Okay, if we don't meet it by two months before Gamescom that we just wouldn't do. I, I'm up for it. I would like to go. Fun idea. I really want to um, go. Yeah, I went in 2013 um, and it was great. And the, the German hotel we stayed at, like it wasn't a very nice hotel. Mm. Sarah, I was space? just, I, in my mind, I was thinking like it would be kind of like a Patreon and it's like support at this level if you want Janet to go. And if we raise an <laughs> extra thousand dollars, Sarah gets to go. And it's like, I hope people like me enough to pay. <laughs> oh so yeah, I no, can, that'd be, don't, I, it feels do that. very like Survivor-esque. Yeah, like, <laughs> And you're just like increase like you've been just voted the, off the Gamescom team, Sarah. Would it be fun to be like, yeah, how interesting could it be? Like, who is the top of that pile? Like, it'd be the strangest person to go to Germany. Like, let's send best friend Ronnie to Gamescom. <laughs> yes. Like at the highest level. It's like what? Um, we send one person, but we hold up an iPad with the rest of us yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. Right. We get uh, one of those robots that drives around, mm -hmm. and we just fight for control. That seems all right. Anyways, uh, the German hotel I went to, they gave me um, uh, gummy bears every morning. Like Aww. it was just like. 
waiting for you every morning outside your door. One gummy bear or like several? One German gummy bear, which <laughs> is the size of like bear. thousands of American gummy bears. And I alive. Think. That's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was super fun. So I would love to go there or like even like TGS. I think, you know, uh, you know, with COVID uh, traveling and conventions, it's always a little bit hairy, but hopefully as that continues to dwindle, um, it'd be fun to to line more travel up and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see. Spencer Jensen writes in and says, hello, MinMax. How bad does it suck to talk about how a game sucked in front of the internet? <laughs> the elephant in the room being Saints Row. <laughs> it's okay. Um, really? Yeah, I think the part that's like lightly stressful is kind of like to Leo's point of wanting to be truly honest while also trying to like maintain the respect for the people that worked on it. Yeah. Because right. it is inherently like, I think you definitely could make the argument that like it's disrespecting their work but like ultimately my job as a critic is to analyze like the game and the product right. with no attachments or associations with the people involved and that's why like when you are oh I, I'm dating someone that worked in the game you usually excuse yourself from those usually things well like I don't know I don't know everyone's life maybe some people don't but like you, you would should, be expected yeah. to have that because there is that separation um, and it is it does suck when it's like you talk to them and they seemed cool and you like like the idea and then it's like ah, oh, right. it didn't hit like I remember that happened for me to a degree with like Sea of Solitude where I was very excited right, for that game right. I interviewed the developer and then I gave I think I gave the game like a six which isn't like an awful score but it's not probably the score they were hoping for um, but that is what it is like that's yeah. the job um, yeah. and I think yeah I mean I, I think that's the biggest challenge that's what I care about more than anything um but like that just comes with the terrain yeah, like, it helps to be like an emotional robot i recommend it to a lot of other people because well you gotta like, be able to detach to a degree and then if you yeah. can't like you know there's other ways to be involved that don't involve right. hurting people's feelings but well yeah, that's the same for working on a game right like you work so hard on a game you release it and then maybe it's not hitting like how you want it to hit right even though you put a lot of effort into it like you have to know that at the end of the day it's like you weren't you know you didn't have total control over everything did you have yeah. that experience all the time like really? so many games like you release them and they just kind of like drift off into the ether and like never Uno get and picked Cry up States? again okay <laughs> wait <laughs> do you want no but like i don't know like what was like that the should be a new show plus up? option play you know oh in far God. cry 6 give mattel money um what about like uh xenoblade chronicles x like were you proud of that when that launched on the wii u like did i mean you get to feel that i'm proud of like every game that i've launched yeah. but it's like you know a lot of them a lot of games don't get the hype that you know people are always like oh it's so sad this didn't get hype but there's a lot of games that don't get hype mm -hmm. like a mm -hmm. lot like so many games are released in a month yeah that just yeah. go completely under the radar and i was just thinking about um curse to golf mm -hmm. which is a game where it's like i think you know the developer yeah, right like, oh it seemed cool like they had a decent rollout like really ign big, was... like rollout marketing they were right. in everything and it just released last week well they and... came out at the same time as another game that was getting a lot of coverage. Oh, Cult of the Lamb. Right. Mm. Oh, so yeah. it's like, well, we can only yes. have one indie darling and it's like, sometimes it's just bad luck. Yeah, but yeah, right. when you when you get that kind of criticism, when people don't like your game, you kind of just have to move on because at the end of the day, it is your job to make a game. Yeah. It's not your job to make people like it. So you kind of just have to take it and then you're like, whatever, we'll just do it. Like, we'll take, oh. take the learnings from this and like make another game. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I played like, 40 minutes of crystal golf and like i like it 2d simple golf game yeah mm -hmm. it's a fun twist on all they got stuff. pretty good scores right yeah like in the right, 80s yeah. and metacritic yeah um but uh yeah i i always think of this heartbreaking moment in double fine adventure the greatest uh, video game documentary of all time i think i have a poster about it right there that nobody nobody off camera can see but um but there's this moment where they are working for years on broken age and it ballooned up and it's like oh this is so much bigger and more expensive this is dangerous for the studio is double fine going to collapse all this fun stuff and then they finally get to the finish line and they launch it 
and it's about what you'd expect for the launch of Broken Age, where some people are like, ah, it's all right. If you like throwback adventure games, sure. Um, and they're all just like absorbing the feedback and talking about the sales and how it's not really lighting the world on fire. And there's this moment where I think it's like a programmer in a group meeting. He's like, can we just like launch it again? It's like this feeling. Of just, it's just the saddest moment. I'm just like, it feels like we need to like yeah. have some celebration and this isn't it. Like, what do we do? Is there any avenue here? It's such a bummer. Yeah. I feel like it aged pretty well, though. I mean, I feel like people, people still talk about that game. Yeah. People are nostalgic about there's a like, lot of adventure there's games. There's like yeah. merch for it and stuff. Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I can imagine that's really frustrating to do. Like, I don't create things in that way. Like, the stuff I create is, like, different. So I don't know how... You know, the struggles that, like, you know, Sarah, you were able to, like, speak to. Mm. I think from an audience perspective, it's a little bit of a bummer to talk about a game being bad in the sense of, like, it's inherently negative. So it's, like, you're going to hear us just drag something for a while. But, like, that's the job sometimes. Like, sometimes the job is, like, you end up being really hot on something and you're really excited. Sometimes you're not. Like, you're here to just kind of give your report and you don't yep. have any control over whether that's mm-hmm. going to be like good or bad. Right. right. I, th- I think the rule of thumb if, in talking about games and other things negatively is for me is like, imagine they were listening. Like how do you yeah. convey it constructively? And well, I don't yeah. always live by that. Like I know in the past I said some remarks about GTA online. That's <laughs> not who I am anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Leslie Benzies, please give us a five star review. Yeah. I don't, that's interesting. Helps not, not in a way of like I agree with that a little bit yeah like holding your to like a light degree but I think Mm -hmm. it it, it just elevates just that having the perception is like okay I'm not just gonna say this is dumb Dan Reichert Red Dead Redemption 2 worst game ever you know it it just lets you explain yourself a little bit more that's constructive for everybody instead of like it's not out of fear of the developer it's just there's a better way to talk about this right critically Um, yeah I always think of the Jeff Cork old axiom where you know when he's playing a game that he doesn't like for review or something at Game Informer and I think I think it was some game where it was like I knew about like the production. I was like, oh, you know, like their budget, I guess, wasn't that big and all this stuff. And he always had the thing of not my problem. <laughs> like, yeah, no, really oh my record, not I totally, my problem. Again, yeah. I, I think I definitely have the reputation of being like kind of mean um, for some people, which we can debate on why that is. But um, <laughs> I think that's definitely something that I like push back on a lot too. Where at the end of the day, like my job's not to contextualize why I think this failed or didn't fail or succeeded. Yeah, is your game good? There have right. been games made by one person that are better than games made by hundreds of people. Yeah. And it's my, to me, my job and my, like, is what I do is about, is the game good and talking about the game. Yeah. I don't, oh, like, your sad story about whatever. I don't care. I have, it, that's not on me. It has nothing yeah. to do with the game. Like, oh, but it's like telling a really important message. It's not a good game. Yeah, people so are spending money on this. We can get, yeah. like, good messages from... Good, you can be a good game and send a good message, but maybe you didn't. So that's, like, right. that's where it's at. And but. I think, yeah, especially, like, podcasting, I always just think, like, oh, there's always an avenue, you know? We used to say, every game is interesting, and I do think that's true, where it's like, we are OK. I do not enjoy playing that game. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, I think that's a really interesting project, and that's something I can contribute to the discussions of just saying, that dialogue was annoying. Moving on. Yeah, I was excited to talk about Saints Row. Right, Spent right. Really it. Yep, Fun yeah, to dig into for sure. Uh, John writes in and says, "Hello, Hanson." Insert nickname that immediately shrug it off. Okay. Um, I was scrolling through the infinite credits of a game, listening to the party chat discussion on the unfortunate new Saints Row. It got me wondering: Do we not give enough credit to games that are solid? Step back. The credits I was watching as I was listening was for Far Cry Six. To be fair, you were all pretty positive on the game in the podcast, uh, but in general, <laughs> I cannot escape. <laughs> you cannot escape. <laughs> But in general, should a technical game series that keeps nailing it mechanically receive more praise and attention? Is it harder than we think to pull this off? It's definitely harder than we think to pull this off. It's harder to make a game than... Like, I constantly am reminding myself that making a game is really hard, and I still have no 
perception on how hard it is. That even came up in Gamescom where one of the developers was like, I knew it'd be hard and I had no idea how hard it would be right, right. to actually do this. Um, but in this context, I would answer no. Um, like, I think we... Or at least I feel like I rated Far Cry properly. That's kind of very much like a seven game to me. Sure. And funny enough, when I was playing Saints Row, it was a reminder that like, wow, Far Cry is a lot better than this. Sure. Um, and I was like, it, it kind of made me appreciate Far Cry more, but it doesn't make me change my overall take or score of Far Cry personally. But it contextualized like there were levels to this. There were like levels to gunplay, levels to set pieces, levels to like world design that this yeah. doesn't, this is on a different level and it's a lower one. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I, I like that question of like, oh, we just take it for granted that, all right, Far Cry 5 to Far Cry 6, you know, all right, it's solid, moving on. But it's like, oh, that's still a monumental effort, even if it's a bulk of the team moving on and the tools moving on and all that stuff. It is a little bit of a miracle that it came out and it's like, yeah, that's solid. It's tough, though, because there's nothing dishonest about it. It's like you play a game and it's either invigorates you right. or doesn't. Right. And you, it's weird to... I don't know. It feels obligatory to talk about things that technically did well when it didn't uh, make you happy at any point. Yeah. Invigorates an obligatory way to go. Mm. Leo, someone's <laughs> going to do well with that spelling bee. <laughs> uh, Muffin Crumbs writes in and says, hey, peeps. Last week, Ben was talking about how he was watching a movie where they mentioned uh, Minneapolis being called the Mini Apple. Uh, that's right. That's young adults. Who did that? Is it called that? Yeah. Diablo Cody did that. Um, have you heard any you've been wandering around Minneapolis for a day now have you mm-hmm. heard anybody say Minneapolis no exactly <laughs> um, it got me thinking what other movie theater moments have you had where the state or city you live in is mentioned in the movie I remember being in the theater watching I Am Legend when the woman mentions going to Vermont because they heard it was a safe haven our theater mm-hmm. burst into applause yeah. <laughs> Vermont yeah. yeah we did it We're all eight people out. in the Vermont theater <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Do you remember that 2012 movie, like the end of the world movie? Yeah. The one, was that the one with snow? Or yeah. That... Yeah. There was a bunch of snow John at Cusack. the very yeah. end of the movie. Like after everything's just gone out the window, like people are dead. Most of the U.S. is like in, in winter. Um, the guy gets a call and he's like, I just got a call from my grandma in Wisconsin and she wants to know what's going on. So the only people that survived was like a very small portion of Wisconsin. And I we I was in Wisconsin and oh we were like, God. we lived, we lived, we're alive. <laughs> ah, you became feral, ripping up yeah. the theater seats. Well, she's like, it's like I my grandma have... wants to know why it's more snowy than usual. And I was like, uh, we survive. I love it. Um, yeah, I remember in the first Pokemon movie, which I was very excited to go to the theaters for and get like that special They mentioned view. Minnesota? Yeah, in no, the first Pokemon movie, no, they did. They talk about Vikings because uh, I think like Team Rocket's like rowing a boat or something, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, we're like the Vikings." And someone's like, "I thought they were just in Minnesota." And the they did. Yeah. I'm gonna need a clip of that. Yep, it totally. That happened. does seem like that'd be very exciting. Oh, especially like our. our so boys, does this mean Team that Rocket Minnesota canonically exists in the Pokemon world? I heard it's gonna be the the next region. Mm. Just oh my Minnesota. Minnesota. It'll, be, it'll be like Minnesota's one game, Wisconsin's the other game, right. and then well, the one dreaming. nobody wants keep is dreaming. like Iowa. <laughs> How dare you? I really wanted you to be like, well, that time you two was like Minnesota, am I right? <laughs> he looked at the camera, yeah. That's where I'm retiring. Yeah. Uh, no, I remember in um, Juno, I remember I watched that movie. It's always Diablo Cody because she's from Minnesota, you know? By the way, I really want to interview Diablo Cody. If you're watching this Diablo Cody, I'd love to interview um, about Diablo 4. But um, <laughs> but I, we're watching Juno and we're in St. Cloud, Minnesota. At a certain point, they mentioned St. Cloud, Minnesota because Juno supposedly takes place in Minnesota. And mm-hmm. yeah, the theater lost its freaking mind. That was so exciting to be like in a medium-sized town. It's like, oh my God. Oh my God, Leon, we exist. That's we awesome. Exist yeah. What's this email about? The Diablo Cody movie, the... Young adult, young adult, young adult. Yeah, my uncle used to live in that very same building. What? 
But they really? shot the intro. In. Yeah. That's that's cool. Yeah. Also, obviously, Fargo, big moment. You got the 35W driving yes. Minneapolis <laughs> skyline. Experience yep. that all the time. Yep, absolutely. Janet got to see that, and we said, "This is what people will show you when they yeah. mention Minneapolis. This yeah. is what you will see." We should have just given you like the Coen Brothers it. tour of like, "Oh, a serious man." Here's like the cafe that they go to in a serious man. Here's- I saw them shoot a serious man. Shut up. up. The scene at the pool. Oh, really? Yeah. We were there oh. for that, just peeking through the fence. I remember seeing you in the film. <laughs> it kind of took me out. Hanging actually, off the I fence. Think about it. Yeah. Um, you want to hear something really dorky? Yeah. I'm trying to remember. As opposed to everything else we've talked about. <laughs> yeah, all these other really cool things. I'm trying to remember to if it was going. Juno or Young Adult, but I used to work at the Minnesota Film and Television Board in an internship there. And part of my duties is like I would like read scripts and like summarize them for people. Like here's the shooting locations, yada, yada, yada. I think it was just like intern busy work. But I got to read the script for A Serious Man like before anybody knew anything about it, which was a real thrill as a huge Coen Brothers fan. But then the other cool thing was they had in like their big filing cabinet yeah, I'm telling tales at a school here. But they had like printed out emails from Diablo Cody where they were going on uh, location scouts for, I think it was Juno. And they had like an archive of the record of like Diablo Cody and these emails, like really wanting to film in Minnesota because the movie's all about being in Minnesota in Juno, you know, that stuff. But they ended up shooting it in Canada or whatever. And so, so I got to read like this whole discussion of her being like, I'm really pushing for it, but the producers don't want to do it in Minnesota, but I'm trying to so hard. Like, you look hmm. through all that? That seems incredibly NDA. It's what? It's not you know, secret government files in Mar-a-Lago. It was just, I guess, a filing cabinet. Have at it. I was an intern. Have at it. We trust interns, I think. Uh, Beefcake writes in and says, hey, what little thing is just the best? Hot clothes from the dryer. Hot clothes oh, was the first dryer, thing I thought of yeah. in the car mm-hmm. here. What's that? When we were we were doing our questions on the way here yeah. as we drove over. Janet Ooh. was giving thumbs for me while I drove. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I was very confused about the different thumb strategy, but I yep, think that's yep. a good system. Yeah. Um... Is it offensive to say Janet? <laughs> because she's small? Because <laughs> I realize she's Look, short. half the people here are really short. So. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. True. Leo, name a thing that's just the best. A little thing? Yeah. My little cat. Oh, Our hearts are melting. <laughs> I do like that cat. It is a good cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stray cat. Jai Bones writes in and says, Hey, cohorts, simple question. What is the bottom and what is the top of a whisk? Oh, oh ha, ha, ha. Um, I think the bottom is like the whiskey part, and the top mm-hmm. is the handle. I think you're wow, right. I thought opposite. What's what's That's, the? I don't like that. So you think Sorry. that you put the top into the thing? I don't know why. When you're, when, you're, when you're whisking, I've, you go. This is the bottom. This is the top. So you're holding I the don't, bottom. I've never gone like that before. Well, no, but as it for hits a knife, my though, mind, the bottom of the knife is the handle. <laughs> right. you, you can. Oh, you hold. True. You can. But you can yeah. move it. In you more can ways. move the knife for like. On the plane of existence for a whisk. It's also usually parallel. In order to operate I've... it, it needs to, the whisk part needs to be yeah. toward the earth. <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. I just don't want to be dishonest about what I thought with you guys. This if everybody really You're use... brave for trusting us with this information. <laughs> it's all I ask everybody is, could you please leave us a review on iTunes, your favorite podcast app, and just the only quote, it just says, on the plane of existence for a whisk. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all I want. Um, also, they ask about a shovel. Oh, same, same, same Please stop. Same yeah. deal. Please. Yeah. Leo? Well, same same deal for me. I feel okay. like you can you can't hold it and like whack people with it. Well, that's you wouldn't typically do that with how the I whisk. use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hit them, you bury the body with the the top part of it. Do you know how hard it is to dig so a hole the, deep enough for a body? It probably pretty it seems hard. really difficult. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot harder than they make it. Like holes. I've never killed that. someone, yeah. but I certainly like won't knowing how hard or? it is to dig a hole. Mm. 
Yeah, that's why, like, you know, and I think was a Goodfellas. You, you're going to dig the hole. Fine, I'll right. dig the hole. Yep, I don't, yeah. Challenge. You got to watch Goodfellas. Sarah, you got to watch Goodfellas. I think we should put everything that I have to do on a Sarah wheel. Sarah watches Goodfellas. Yes. And then we spin the wheel okay. on a podcast, and then I have to do whatever it lands on, because this list right. is getting really long. Yeah, right. But we need, like, don't a small go to sliver of, like, Ben pays us $10,000 <laughs> just to make it spicy, you know? That's right. a good new show plus option. Yes. Yeah. Um, Drake Heinhorst writes and says, there are two types of people. People who spent their time the playing the fun games at Chuck E. Mm-hmm. Cheese and people who played the boring games that gave up the most tickets. Which are you? Oh. oh. <laughs> I feel like that's both, though. But like, I liked the, you play the boring games were a lot easier to win. Like, I was really good at the game where you had to step on the spiders. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And that would just crank out the tickets? Yeah. I feel like you got to play both a little bit. Yeah, because, I mean, like, I you, don't really get, you don't really get tickets from, like, the arcade games. Do they still do Plus the that? the tickets don't lead to anything anyway. It's yeah. like, well, I'm going to get... No, the prizes are terrible. I'm yeah. going to get like, um, what is it, like a Laffy Taffy or something off of these? Zero. Yeah. Or I got to hold the tickets for my whole life? There might be like a sticky grab hand if you're lucky. <laughs> but I will say, having not been fully developed as a person, I probably was a boring tickets guy, mm-hmm. as much as I am a fun game guy now. Right, right. Is it too much to ask? I would... Hey, I'd buy a PS5 Pro if like, instead of an achievement, I don't want any of that. I just want those tickets to come out the front. Me. I would actually yeah. do the trophies the if it for. got me tickets. Right. Like yeah. I would actually, yes. if it like spit out a ton, because like as a kid, that did you ever the, try to like get as many as you could and hold best. it in your hands and they and would, it would just, just keep, keep, keep going and going and going? They don't really do tickets anymore in a lot of places though. Probably it's just not. like, it's it's like, like yeah, a little card. Yeah. It's on a little card. God, society the card is, is easier though to like, you know, you have all the tickets on there. But I like the visual of my tickets, like being able to hold all of them in my hands. And when you snap and they all like keep coming out. Okay, what do you, just rank these childhood pleasures sarah snow day at school Ooh. or tickets pouring out of machine and it just keeps going when you think it's, it's gonna gotta, stop but it's gotta be the snow day like the snow idea day, that yeah. like you, you can play really get snow days because we always had to go it would be like we had half the class is missing day. and they're yeah. like we're still here and we i'm basically like just didn't go to school in the winter yeah <laughs> we definitely had a few a year yeah, growing not, up and it was you guys i never i had like one my whole life oh, i'm sorry to hear that one time we had a too cold day that's how cold we it was. had that too yeah that's yeah. how cold it the was. wind chill day like the girl go outside don't you die. came to the wrong place CPS to brag about how cold care. chicago was yeah. back <laughs> away, <didn't> it? <laughs> look it up i guarantee you y'all are up. getting way more snow days than we are we yeah don't but get is any it because days. there's more snow here. I think because Chicago, Chicago I think CPS has, just doesn't care about it. Chicago kids. has that whole like lake say that lake effect. As someone that went through CPS and worked for CPS, I think CPS just did not did not mm. care. I, I just want to say the thrill of thinking you're gonna have to go to school and then not having to go to school. That's, that's like, like you can't compare that to pain, anything. Though. That's no. the that's, most joy of life. Because sometimes I go to do my homework, kid, you know. Mm. Oh, and you'd like I would I would leave it up to chance, and I'd be like, Nah, that's a snow day tomorrow. The the feeling of having to go to school when you thought you were going to get to stay home yeah. devastating but yeah. that, that catholic schools too. always got off though oh, really? catholic schools always were like any like yeah for like i'd go on the news for like okay shortly today's gotta be the day and you see that little like ticker of the names mm-hmm. it's, it was never gonzalez academy <laughs> they had a whole Ever. bible to get through they they should be there more than anybody else um <laughs> they take it as a sign it was always <laughs> shit, yeah. It was the worst feeling though in the world when you're watching like the ticker go in the mm-hmm. bottom and it's, and it's just not your yep. school. Every area around you mm-hmm. and not you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, give me the is it the principal making that call? Give me their freaking home phone. Number. It was always <laughs> yeah. dumb too, because like there were literally be days where half the class is missing, so we didn't actually learn anything that day because they couldn't do it. Now I will say I imagine part of that decision went into like there definitely is like that vein of thought of school is a place for like kind of free childcare, right? Like a lot of people work and they can't like handle right. mm-hmm. taking off or they don't have the resources to do that. So 
that's maybe the light like part where I can see it, but just ultimately it just yeah, it sucks. We always had to always had to go. It was yeah. awful. Cade Mead writes in and says, Hey Shrek Trekkers, that's us. <laughs> um tune in on Twitch. I'm going back to school for the first time in over ten years and have been having a blast. I'm actively participating in class, starting conversations with strangers, and initiating family slash friend stuff rather than waiting to hear from them. So hang on. So it's just like is this a question? You it's like a better person. Yeah. They're just wanting to brag a little bit. Congratulations. Yeah. Hang yeah. on. I need a sincere congratulations Con- from you. Congratulations. Mm, I can't do it. Congratulations. Uh, um, no, we're so yeah. Congratulations. What's oh my god, congratulations. With you. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, Cade says this is all stuff that I used to that used to absolutely horrify me. So my question is, does getting older make you bolder? Oh. Yes. I think that's a uh, yes. I yes. constantly think about like I wish I could go back in time as my current personality yes. and just like rip some people to shreds like oh. over things. Yeah. Oh, it's a vengeance path. <laughs> yeah, going that because route. I'm like, why was I okay with this? I would never like do mm-hmm. this as yeah. like my current age. So yeah, the, the boldness would let you stand up for yourself. Yeah, more. I feel like I like was believe it or not a lot quieter as a kid, mm. but like a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm. My you brother calls to- the good old days before I talked a lot. <laughs> You have to really know what you deserve before you can have the confidence to ask for it. Yeah. That's interesting. That's That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. You often have like these really like articulate, like hallmark moments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You really like elevate. I go to therapy. You really elevate the whole (laughs) show. And that's good because I don't go to therapy, so I can just get secondhand therapy. I got you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They only cover so much, you know. I have to make a call. Yeah. I I think about this. I I love (laughs) that. You want teeth? You want therapy? (laughs) Right. I love that kids doing this because I dream of that idea of like going back to school and just like really getting the most out of it because I think it was like, Especially in college, I was just like peak anxiety. It's like, I'm going to mm. keep my head down. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to not engage at all because I don't think I'm physically capable of speaking. I'm so anxious. And then I would just get A's and A minuses. I was like, all right, well, that was easy. Humble I didn't bread. have to do much, mm. right? Um, I'm kind of an A minus in college kind of guy. Congratulations. Yeah, look at him now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I just think of like, God, if I was in class again, I would be raising my hand all the time and be like, this doesn't make sense. Oh, why? Like, you still got this. A's. Because it's What's about the, what the experience of learning and engaging. I feel like it was so much more rewarding if you're actually engaging with the material. Because, like, it was, you know, my major was, like, studies in cinema and media culture. It's just nonsense. None of it made any sense. It was, it was nonsense. I, I did so bad analysis. in that film class that I took. Yeah. I got, like, a, it was, like, my only C in college, I think. Oh. Like, I could not analyze film at all. Didn't know what <laughs> I was looking at. <laughs> see the film again. Uh, and so, yeah, it was just, like, skating under the radar. But now I just want to go back and be like, I... Yeah, this Walter Benjamin character, I don't think what he's saying is making much sense. I don't think these books mean anything that you keep having us read. I think it's just a bunch of So you want to antagonize the teacher? <laughs> yeah, like, I want to call him out and be like, explain this to me. Over such subjective yeah. media? Can, yeah, if you cannot explain what this I need you to, to actually at. tell me what the green light at the end of the Doc and Great Gatsby means because I think it's just right. a green light. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think it means go. Yeah. Yeah. Or does it? <laughs> Maybe he should have stopped going ahead. I don't know. He's like, I'm always down for a great Gatsby analysis. Yeah. Okay. Deepest Dive? Yeah. Deepest Dive? Deepest Dive? Deepest Dive? Oh, Deepest Dive, Great Gatsby. We read the book. Oh. We watch some of the movies. I, I hear the old school the, one is the best one. I watched the first half of the new one. The DiCaprio one? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I, Pretty nuts. I taught only for a year. <laughs> Like a full Straight year. Up bonkers. I like taught a little bit and then I got like laid off from that job and then I like did other stuff. Then I had a full year of teaching. So I didn't teach for very long. But I had like a great group of students. Like the school I worked for was really awesome, which is also why I knew I was like, this isn't for me because this is like the best conditions. And I'm like, I still want to do game stuff. Right. But I got to teach Greg Gatsby, which was awesome because I love that book. And as you know, the classic 
English teacher treat. I'm like, when we're done with all this, we'll watch the movie. Mm-hmm. So we watched the DiCaprio mm-hmm. one. And when um, they had the scene, spoilers for Grey Gatsby, when they have the scene <laughs> where like you meet him and like in the book and in the movie, it's like, all, oh, I heard this thing. I heard this, that, and the mm-hmm. other. And then Nick Carraway is just like, oh man, I'm talking to Gatsby. I had no idea. And like when he turns around in the movie and he's like, I'm Gatsby. My kids, my nerdy freaking kids cheered when that happened. And I was like, oh, such a good group of kids Mm -hmm. here. Like, you guys are such dorks. That's like the dorkiest thing I've ever seen, I think, to this day. (laughs) Next to them, watching them play um, Super Mario 3D World for one of our, like, school, like, seminar activities. That does sound good. Yeah, it was amazing. I have a clip of it that's, like, one of my favorite gaming moments of them just shouting at each oh other about it. Luigi, Luigi, no, Luigi. Like, it's so funny. That's kind of all the teachers want is they want their kids to get dorkier in class. Like, could you just be a little dorkier, please? Oh, God. It makes it less awkward. I'm like, I mean, otherwise I'm just talking to myself. So yeah. it's like... Uh, Cyber writes and says, Hey, man, Max, uh, last week somebody was asking about the gaming equivalent to a weekly sitcom. It got me thinking. Releasing weekly content from a studio is super hard, but big modding communities can collectively release new major content on a weekly basis. I've seen it in Minecraft, Gary's Mod, RimWorld, and many other popular sandbox games. Are modding communities secretly the key to infinite content? It helps. Certainly helps. Like, yeah. What, what, what games do you release really that pop in? I mean, obviously, your Skyrims. Well, sure. <laughs> Your fallouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the major food groups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So seeing cyberpunk mods made me almost want to go back to that. Mm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I am. Um, Donkey's new video was showing off Rivals of Aether, which is a game I checked out right when it launched. You know, it's kind of like a Smash clone. Platform fighter, I guess you should say. And um, and that new Donkey video is like, what is this? What is happening in this world? Because it's just showing off like what the mod community has done to that game where they put in just every single character from any fiction anywhere just like regardless of copyright and just like i need to go back to rivals of aether now so i can play as jerry seinfeld versus mm-hmm. i don't know galactus it's just absurd especially now that that's bannable in multiverses oh it really? had a thriving mod scene for the first month or two of its existence and now you get banned i feel like that should be the secret for that nickelodeon all-star brawl it's just like hey by the way open the door to mods have at it like that's the only way they can hope to defeat multiverses which i think is their goal yeah I will say for weekly content, I'm really pleased to announce I found a way to make this about Hitman. Oh, <laughs> nice. There's monthly roadmaps for that. And it's like this date of the month, it's going to be an elusive target or a re-ran old one or just featured contracts, yeah. which is kind of modding, I guess. But community made contracts that are of a certain theme bundled together. And there's like, you know, four or five small content drops like that a month and if it was like a you know an mmo and people are trying to play it as their only game like people are getting frustrated with that but for me who's casually dropping in once or twice a week it's just the perfect amount it reminds me of that weekly sitcom thing of like especially because it's so systemic and so much funny stuff comes out of it yeah it's just like here's a new excuse every week to go how many hours of hitman 3 you're playing a week then Oh, in a week five or six that's that's That's, that's pretty substantial that's impressive i I, i'm excited to talk about it at the end of the year because since Ooh. january i've been so playing it every single week. 10 games of the year it's gonna be my number one. Oh my gosh this is like what was your number one last year uh friday's republic yeah tim and three was my number two i didn't fully engage with it and now that this i have is it and we wait for that freelancer mode because it's coming for 
our top ten. I did think of <laughs> that's the one that's like the roguelike. Yeah. Okay. I thought of you and slash Hitman, which when I think of Hitman, I think of Leo and mm-hmm. vice versa. I'm touched because I went because yeah, I went to Napa um, and we toured some wineries, and yeah. I was like, Ooh. which also like I realized that I'm so engrossed in games that I just see games everywhere, and I you can't take me anywhere. I'm like, it's yes, just like the vineyards. That's and Hitman. so funny you say that because not a month ago, Marie and I were talking about that. Like, would you ever go to a vineyard? And I was like, I want to prepare you right now, even though we haven't <laughs> locked anything in. Every step of the way, I'm going to point at something and say that's just like from Hitman. Yeah. I thought about pushing someone into the grip crusher. I really did. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. When I went to Osaka with Jeff Cork, it was just nonstop. You know, in Yakuza, mm-hmm. this yeah. thing's over here. You know, in Yakuza, I was like, okay, but it, it, like I didn't, pl- I hadn't played Yakuza at the time, so it was annoying, but. Have you I, yet? Uh, I've only played like a dragon, um, okay. but no I spoilers, loved it so much. I'm playing it now. It's good, right? No yeah. spoilers because I'm only on Yakuza 5. Yeah, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> Uh, Leo, did you end up keep playing that? I'm still playing it also a few times a week. I okay. adore Like a Dragon. It's my favorite of the series. Oh, it'd be cool if you do finish it this time. We did like a max spoiler. Yeah. Where like are you? Like what chapter? Chapter you know? 11. Oh, I'm taking you're my You're really time. far into for, compared to me. I'm on chapter oh. like six. Okay. Like midway. I just did like one of the dungeons, like the underground one. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Uh, Matt Parser writes in and says, Miss Joke Opportunity. Ben Hansen was talking about Game Freak on the podcast and he likes them to branch out and do more sh- oh hang on he likes them to branch out more and shockingly he didn't say i like it when game freak gets freaky yeah how could you let this happen ben i trusted you the team trusted you and you <laughs> let us all down did you think that too lou yes <laughs> shame on you <laughs> i'm sorry shame on you <laughs> okay <laughs> matt rogers says not technically a missed joke opportunity but hansen's oh the emerald city in response to Kelsey mentioning a convention in Seattle, did not get the attention or laugh it deserved. Let's call it a missed laugh opportunity. <laughs> yeah, we should. No have one wants those. the missed laugh guy. Like I noticed you didn't laugh at my joke. <laughs> yeah, but now we have the community writing on our behalf because of that, which is you very can pretend the community's writing. This seems more like yeah, Ben writing in. Like I noticed that nobody laughed at my joke. Sometimes no. signed anonymous. No, Matt Sometimes Rogers is a real person. Yeah. I think they're <laughs> real. Like a very Sometimes real name. Sometimes there isn't always time, or you're in the middle of telling like a story and you don't want to necessarily stop. To acknowledge it right and right. and you know what sometimes when only the li- a few listeners notice it that's a special moment for them that's it it's a special little wink at you yeah exactly it yeah. was for them that's right uh jared pierce writes in and says hello min and or max um yeah we haven't figured that out yet if all human life other than you ceased to exist yes and you were forced to live within the borders of one country for the rest of your life based solely on the landscape where would you go? Okay, thanks. Goodbye. I can finally comfortably drive. Country? Well, sort of. I guess you can still kill yourself without like running into someone. And it might car. be a bunch of parked cars left on the highway, depending on what happens. Oh, that could get oh, tricky. Man. Yeah, it might be a rapture <laughs> That LA situation. traffic, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, permanent. I do like this idea, because like, not with country. Just slowly drive them off to the side. Because like, all <laughs> culture is get basically Get each one gone. and pull it yeah. back. I guess just the US, I mean, it's a boring answer, but it's the one I know the most, slash like, yeah. It's got the variety. Yeah. Japan, I would like to drive myself around on the trains, you know? <laughs> oh. Real life should to go. You're like, choo-choo. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I get to say choo-choo. Somehow you would kill yourself on a bullet train. Like, I don't know how. It's not like you could, like, fall off the tracks. Well, but can just you read know. the stuff in the... Because now I'm thinking of, what was that movie oh, that just came out? It's somewhere. incredibly difficult. Well, it's called Bullet Train, right? What's the name of that yeah, movie? That just, bullet yeah, Bullet yeah, Train. Yeah, like, that's, like... I, I thought of that from having just watched that movie. I don't want to yeah. get into too much detail in case people Japan just it. seems like it would be a little small and I would worry yeah. about 
is is the but, climate i guess climate change like is it going to go under the water at some point and, and like you know i really didn't think through having everything be in a different language yeah. <laughs> but it's not like some of that doesn't matter as much because like there's no one else there he'll go to right. eat something so, like, oh no like, the store is closed like, like, you know? doesn't say rat poison or something yeah, yeah. but i do yeah. think that i don't know but you have the time right like to learn yeah, this you, is you can find learn. a book. better late than never <laughs> So in I the afterlife, so. you can converse with more people. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I, don't, I don't know, like, yeah, at a certain point, if you're just roaming this country, would you be like, I'm craving a desert. Well, I wish I chose a country with a <laughs> desert. I feel like, I don't think I would ever crave that much variety. I feel like you can get enough no matter which country you're going you in. You want a nice climate. You want pools to be around. Pools and a nice climate. Who's cleaning the pool? Who's Good cleaning point. it? Good point. <laughs> I think. Well, I mean, there's a lot of challenges we'd have in this post-apocalyptic world, mm-hmm, I can speak. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I think you know, U.S. pretty good. Plus, U.S. Also, but it's so. It's am I stuck in that boring. country, or can I be in like the, the continent at all? It's just the country. 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 Think, yeah, yeah. U.S. Because <laughs> like borders other, are real. Other places. Yeah, <laughs> these. <laughs> um, it's also, I think, somewhat easier to like navigate. Like I think about like Mexico is really cool, but some of that terrain is like brutal to drive through. Yeah. That. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Dumb stuff. Canada would be good. You said don't bang on the table. Uh, you can if you're chanting dumb stuff. That's the one exception. <laughs> I to wish I knew this. The start the episode over. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Canada's the answer. Um, all right. What do y'all like for a question of the week? I liked. Sorry. Okay. This is me letting somebody else steer this freaking bullet train. What do y'all like for a question of the week? Was snow was days a question one? you asked? <laughs> I'll take the prize. <laughs> yeah. I'll take Etherborn on Switch. It was from like. Was it? It was from the Chuck E. Cheese question. So oh, it came up. Right. It was like that a is spin-off. a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. I, we I, had a lot of good ones. Yeah. yeah. Great, 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 great gap. Great, great, great Gatsby step. today. Yeah. Which I did like whatever that came from as well, but I forgot what we were uh, talking about. I, I like yeah. Spencer Jensen's about how bad does it suck to talk about a sucky game. I thought that was a, yeah. a good conversation starter. But Chuck E. Cheese is probably a juicier one. That's what they say about Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Super juicy. Uh, Sarah? No. Sarah, you must Janet's choose. the guest here. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Janet. I'll take the Chuck E. Cheese one. You'll take it or you're, you're going to be happy with it? Yeah. I'm going to pick it. There we go, everybody. <laughs> Drake Hindhorse. Congratulations. None of this is just one real. question so I don't really of think too much the week. It. No, no, no. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Uh, all right. Now it's time for something that is clearly called the one and only thing as I find the music cue. Get a little of this. All right. It's scare in real life to mm-hmm. see you pretend mm-hmm. to. Well, actually, can you hear it? I like, can't hear it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> you thought I had a different headset system than you. No, but I mean, you got a whole other thing going on there. It is you a got, lot. Like, a laptop. You have like a sparkling water. Like That is true. The two keys to success. Um, Leo, what, what do you got, man? Um, all my get a load of this ones are in uh, bookmarks on my browser at home, and I forgot to bring one, so okay. give me a minute to look through something else. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, get a load of this, everybody. Um, I was going to go one way with this, and then I ended up going some way that's a little bit closer. Um, Sakurai, mm-hmm. our favorite developer, um, Smash Brothers, Kirby, all that stuff. Um, he has launched his own YouTube channel, which is amazing. He's very clear in that first video, like, this is not a Nintendo thing. This is me doing my own thing. I'm going to be talking about the keys to great game design so that I can hopefully make every game out there a little bit better. And the production values, it, it's like the hallmark, I think, of any YouTube channel like this, where it's like the production values are very impressive, but it's like, that'll that'll peter off, I'd imagine. I hope it's just more of him giving 
little four to six minute tidbits of wisdom. Um, but I love it. It's so awesome. And especially it's a weird trend, right? Where you see more and more developers, especially, uh, specifically like Japanese game developers creating their own YouTube channels. And like, you know, I know I talked about Harada's Bar, Sarah's favorite YouTube channel from the creator of Tekken. But it's interesting because so many of the guests that he had on his channel now are making their own YouTube channels. And it's just incredible. Like uh, the Gravity Rush fella, mm -hmm. um, he has his own with that studio. They have their own YouTube channel, which is really good. You know, we talked about it last week um, where they had uh, Shuhei Yoshida on an episode, which is amazing. But then also they had Shinji Mikami, the creator of Resident Evil on there as well. And they were talking about Resident Evil 4. and It was just a fascinating deep dive. But uh, this new Sakurai channel is fantastic. It's everything I want from Sakurai on YouTube, which is not a thing I thought I'd say. Um, but the first lesson that he has is the importance of pausing during big moments of stopping the gameplay for big moments where it's like i, I don't even understand what he's talking about there then you watch it and realize like oh that is a very smart little sakurai touch that others other games do but maybe not enough so he's just talking about the good example of like you know uh captain falcon doing his punch it's like all right they fly off but they punch and then he pauses for extra frames so it really has an impact so like when you die or when you defeat a boss even going back to the original kirby They'll pause it. And he shows like a breakdown of like, you know, Capcom's 1942. You're the plane flying around. You get hit by a bullet. You explode. You die. And it's like you had no time to like absorb that. But if you get hit by a bullet and you kind of do that Mega Man-esque thing of like the blah, 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 right? And it kind of pauses. Then you can see what's happening a little bit more. So it's just like a cool lesson that I never really thought about before. So I'm very excited about Sakurai's YouTube channel. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. Uh, Leo, what do you got, man? Um, here's a little article. Uh, a research paper found that native-born Texans commit violent crimes at nearly double the rate of immigrants, including undocumented immigrants. Interesting. What kind of propaganda site you get in this <laughs> The Cato Institute? Interesting. You know, you get in a lot of uh, arguments with racists online, and sometimes it's nice to have a little ammunition, so go ahead and save this article. <laughs> That's right. In honor of Texas, you're loading up your own ammo. Yep. Uh, nice. Love it. Uh, do you have one, Janet? Yeah. Um, mine's themed after the trip so it's just that ben had shared about flour being very flammable i didn't know that oh that's true uh yeah you can take a history of our flour mills here in minneapolis and that was one thing that you learned it's more flammable than tnt if there's flour in the air which is a weird detail i don't understand if it's more flammable why don't they just use it why don't they put that in bombs because i think it has to be like in the air oh. you can't like you couldn't blow up a bag of flour. Right. It has to be like... You'd have to like punch it first and go poof. Yeah. And then, and then you can light it on fire. Falcon punch it. I kind of mm -hmm. want to try it. I'll see if there's good examples on YouTube. Uh, Sarah, do you have one? Yeah, get a load of this. There might be a Gravity Rush movie. Did Hell you see that? yeah. PlayStation announced uh, that they're making a Gravity Rush movie, but I don't put much faith into that because it could mean that they started talking about maybe making a Gravity right. Rush movie. But it's weird that they like waited this long to do it. And now the game studio doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So it's like, what if people like it? What do you do? I guess they could re-release those games, kind of Last of Us Part 1 style. Yeah, but apparently it's the director behind Disney Plus's Secret Society of Second-Born Royals, which what? I had never heard of. But that's what in the, the Descendants is this? <laughs> uh, it seems a little bit confusing. Um, that was actually going to be I my... hope it's not live action. Please. Of course it's going to be live Please. action. Yes. No. Really it's absolutely going to be live action. Of course it is. What kind of what kind of budget do you have to have to like fly like control gravity? Like this isn't a Marvel <laughs> budget. Like Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be weird. Um well, yeah, now I, I, I am upset about it. Let's see. <laughs> don't uh, get a load of that. Right, Nick, should take it back. 
That was going to be my get a little of this from the community, but let's see. I'll just grab the last Sorry. one that posted in Discord. That's fine. You Sorry. know, great minus Nicolette. Uh, Leafeon posts that apparently Francis Lawrence from The Hunger Games Catching Fire, I Am Legend, and Slumberland has joined to direct the live-action film adaptation of Bioshock. Mm. And the writer of Blade Runner 2049 and Death on the Nile is working on the screenplay. That's like for the Netflix version, so... Every game that you know and love is being turned Every into a IP, film. Every IP. It doesn't even stop a game. Every IP that you know and love is getting a movie. We're here to announce um, that Trivia Tower, the movie, will be hitting theaters in 2024. Please look forward to it. Um, it in the is- Tower Heist universe. <laughs> <laughs> it is notable that still uh, Radio Silence on that Metal Gear Solid movie, huh? It's like, Oscar Isaac! We got a director, and still they haven't announced that it's going into production. It's what's going on with all those movie announcements. They Well, because they're games, they have to get delayed. <laughs> True. To honor them. Yeah. Yeah, it's confusing. Um, all right. Hey, that's it for a podcast. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching or listening to this episode. Thank you for making this possible. Shannon Garcia, everybody, in the flesh. Yay. What are you looking forward to from the rest of the trip? Um, I am looking forward to the Mall of America because I... Well, I don't, I don't want spoilers on the Mall of America because we're going to go. Don't. Yeah, I would but I have it's so much. It's a place much, for something in your life, but I have won't so tell you what. much <laughs> that I'm curious about for that. So that's yeah. going to be cool. And then obviously Shrek. Um, yeah. Because I don't, I also am very curious about what that game <laughs> turns out to be, which also is funny because like I was mentioning this to my family, which is kind of, it's not hard to explain because it is what it is, but it's like, why? You know, that part's harder. <laughs> right. It's Bam, not hard right. to explain, but it is hard to understand. Um, and I remember Maggie being like, oh, there's a Shrek 2 game? Like, I hadn't heard of this. And I'm like, well, get ready, you yeah. know? So You're going to hear about it already. Yeah. You're going to hear about it. So follow us on Twitch or you can check out that archive on YouTube. Uh, thank you for making this whole thing possible. If we have not made that clear, this is all because of your support over there on Patreon. We look forward to a next big ambitious goal as well. Um, I, I hope somebody goes back and finds at some point in the TB Robo stream where we talked about this. I think like you jumped in the chat, Janet, and said something about Somehow the idea started brewing about, yeah, wouldn't it be funny to send Janet all the way to Minnesota just to play Shrek 2? And then you all made that possible. So thank you so much. Uh, you can unlock a bunch of benefits over there on Patreon. Check it out. You can unlock Party Chat, which is our bonus podcast each and every week. You know, this week we talked about She-Hulk. Uh, we talked about uh, the rehearsal finale from Nathan Fielder. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it and like it, Leo? I only haven't seen the finale. Okay, interesting. A um, bunch of other stuff. And then also heads up that uh, I think we're pretty good to locked in on what the next Deepest Dive is going to be. Um, it is going to be the happening the week of September 12th, just so you all know. And just for a tease... I think it's the, yeah, I know it's the oldest game that technically we've ever done oh, for the deepest dive. Cool. Um, even like going back to the Game Informer <laughs> era and stuff like that. So it's going to be an oldie and it's a genre that I don't think we've ever done a game club on, but it feels like a genre that's like ripe for game club. And it's going to be a little bit timely as well. Those are all my teases. Stickball. <laughs> that's right. Look forward to it, everybody. Appreciate it. And thank you to everybody at that $50 tier, the game champion tier. You can choose any game under the sun, whatever you like, and we'll officially declare you the champion of it. For example, Atsigo 12, uh, they chose the Wind Waker. Um, And now we make a bonus piece of content about that. And we're actually kind of sort of making two pieces of content about Wind Waker. So look forward to one popping up on Monday. And then the next one, I think the following Friday is when that second Wind Waker piece will be out there. But anybody have thoughts on that? Okay, cool. I thought I heard a noise. I was just checking. I thought I heard a noise. Um, but thank you to our $50 supporters, the Game Champion tier people, Divorced Cougar, otherwise known as Mike M. They're the Game Champion of Clubhouse Games. 
Good Hell pick. Yeah. Isn't that a cool pick? People that are so creative with this. Sandshrewd, another great pick, chooses Lego Island, the champion of Lego Island. Yeah. Tanner Hoisington, who we heard from earlier in the show, Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony. Great pick, great pick, great sure. pick. Uh, Clemens Zobel chose Cameo Elements of Power. Hell yeah, <laughs> the official champion. Jesse Spencer, the champion of Yakuza Like a Dragon. Nice. That's going to be a contender for when you do the next like big vote for what we make bonus content about. I feel like we'll have to finish the game. Yeah, <laughs> we have to finish yeah. all the Yakuza games. Uh, Procyon <laughs> number six chose Ghost of Tsushima, which I think is also a contender. People are going to want to vote for all that stuff. But thank you so much, everybody, for supporting us at the Game Champion tier. Pick a game, any game under the sun, and you're officially the champion of it. All right, thank you so much, everybody, for watching or listening to this episode of the Minmax Show podcast. Uh, Janet, thank you for being here. Yeah. Thanks for being a delight. Uh, do you want to do the sign off? No, <laughs> but maybe like a little bit. You can you make it your own. You do just whatever you want. I hate when people have me make it my own because I'm like I'd rather just try to replicate it badly. Okay, you know? make it as though. Yeah. yeah, sure. Um, and be good. Have fun. Let's go. Right. Basically. Huzzah! <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>